equipment. We're gonna need uh, we're gonna need metal detectors. We're gonna. Uh, I basically I was out on this. Uh, I was out at this park, Elephant Butthole Park in, P in Prince Edward Island, and I was smoking a joint on the uh, on this cliff, and I fucking slipped off like an idiot and slid down. And out of the bank, I knocked uh, some pieces of eight. And I, I noticed there was just little pieces of gold in there. And when I picked them up, for sure, they were Spanish wow. pieces of eight. And yeah, no, there was a bunch of them. And basically, uh, I, I, I thought there might only be one or two. But then I, I started talking to people about uh, treasure uh, treasure and uh, local local folklore about what had been happening. And apparently Captain Kidd had been uh, had been rumored to uh, hide a treasure in the area. So I got a rough area for us to go look in and search. So I, I don't know. We'll, we should get a nice uh, a nice uh, pull there smashed. I mean, it sounds wonderful. Yeah, I don't know. Um, wait, what do we need? Uh, we pretty you much know, just got again smash on this he's gonna ruin it again man the fucking do you remember the beaver score that we missed out on d come on these still treasure and uh local local folklore but what about, no, i don't know and apparently captain kid had That's been uh been rumored to, uh, i don't know be careful uh ladies and gentlemen i'm just gonna go live here for a second i have probably the worst internet connection maybe that i've had since this show started uh, i don't know wave if you guys can hear me because uh jesus h christ i don't know um we're fucking we're just doing it live uh ladies live. and gentlemen Fuck welcome it. to the show uh wave if i start roboting uh you guys don't hear don't see my voice or my face i guess but uh, just assume that you know what my uh i don't know delightful visage looks like it's uh on every other freaking show with weird thumbnails at the end of the show when i'm all high uh welcome everybody welcome to the show uh uh what was i gonna say uh first off the show if you are over the age of 21 please sit back for a moment relax uh chill out for a second grab a tasty beverage if you are under the age of 21 the disembodied voice is the the nice one and the the bad one is going to tell you some bad news unfortunately west engine tell them to get out if you're not if you're not 21, get your ass and get out. Don't make the door hit you on the way out. Go about your business and go on. Is that so, good enough? I or think that was good enough for the evening. Uh, Fred Piper, that was the, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, actually. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, but uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, so that the folks that are 21 and over, uh, this is disorienting. Even for me, it's disorienting because, like, the sound is all messed up and I'm all... Uh, yeah, like it throws you off your game, you get all nervous. But anyway, let's let's just roll with it. Uh, welcome to the show, folks. Hopefully, we're going to be in a little bit here talking to uh, Ms. Jill Breeder. Uh, delightful uh, guest. It's going to be, I think, a fantastic show. Uh, a legend in cannabis, absolute legend. Uh, so hopefully, my freaking internet will work then, because I'd certainly like to meet her. Uh, let's see here. Welcome to the show. And if you guys would like to uh, listen to the show, I guess kind of here's a freaking foreshadowing of that. If you guys would like to listen to the show, thanks, Steve, for posting the, the the link in the podcast, link to the podcast in the in the chat. Please go uh, listen to the podcast and go subscribe to it at uh, iTunes, Spotify, Chromecast. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, these days also on SoundCloud. Please go look us up on SoundCloud at Chronic Table. Uh, a few different podcasting platforms, Overcast, a couple of different ones. Uh, thanks, by the way, folks, for listening. And thanks, uh, those of you who have le left a review, thanks very much for doing so. If you guys could, by the way, if you enjoy the show, if you'd like to, 
I don't know, hear more of it, see more of it, kind of uh, see the show be you know bigger, faster, stronger. You don't just have to be a patron. You could also honestly like, share, and subscribe, uh, comment on the videos. Uh, I oftentimes forget to tell people that, like just honestly comment on the video. I should frankly these days just like ask people a question, like just ask them a question, see what they think, and they'll basically like, uh, it's almost like I, I feel bad because it's like baiting them, but at the same time, like, I don't know, maybe we'll just think of like a question of the week and be like, oh, what do you guys... Uh, what do you guys like to smoke? What are you smoking this week? Let me know in the comments. That's the first question I can think That's of. That's a but, great uh, idea. It's a good one, actually. Like, I honestly, what did you smoke idea. while you're watching the show? Idea. Okay, I just fell ass backwards into a good idea. So you can do a broken idiot can sometimes be smart every once in a while. I fell ass backwards into a good idea. Ladies and gentlemen, tell us in the comments what you have been smoking on or what you plan on smoking on or what you are smoking on uh, during the show. Because I get DMs lately, or I've been getting DMs lately about... Uh, Oh, you know, I'm catching up on the show, or I'm a few weeks late on the show, or da 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 da. So it'd be fun to know, like, what were you smoking when you were watching it? Like, not when we were doing the same time. And it's anyway, just kind of a fun thought. Uh, let's see here. Am I missing any announcements? Oh, if you guys would like the show to be bigger, faster, stronger, please uh, join the other patrons. And thank you to them, by the way, for helping it be bigger, faster, and stronger. Uh, look up uh, Chronic Table over on Patreon, and uh, we'll all be uh, big, big time friends. Uh, I'm still disoriented right now because I'm like, fuck, what am I supposed to say when I can't even see you guys? Uh, I guess I'll leave it with that. Uh, Wes Engine, what's going on, dude? Uh, oh, not much. What's new? Uh, Welcome. All excited for another uh, another episode of the most interactive show in cannabis. Uh, big up, Fumidor. Big it up, Smash and D. And big up everybody in chat. Hope everybody's well. Hope everybody's got something nice to smoke on. Uh, yeah, excited to hear, hear about Miss Jill. So, yeah, let's uh, get down. How about you, uh, uh, who was here next? Actually, it was D. D was here next. Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on, everybody in chat and in the panel tonight? I can't wait for uh, to get the show going because uh, it's gonna be awesome with our guest. Um, I'm smoking on some gas, um, something and some pink. I got some pink uh, shatter. I always forget. Anyways, cheers, everybody. Oh, and shout out to uh, all the people listening. Natalia, Ivanov, all those people listening on the Chronic Table uh, podcast. Cheers. That's it. What's going on, uh, Smash? Just hanging out. Um, just waiting for a text message. I was been in contact with Michelle. She was busy. I mean, it's a day after Memorial Day. She was spending it with her grandsons and stuff. So we can't bug her for being a little late. She's in the garden, uh, and she said relatively soon. She should just be jumping in. She's probably just going to shoot me a text, and uh, we'll go from there. But she definitely has said she will come in after the garden work. Nice, man. There's join us here in a second. Uh, it's very disorienting because the sound is just beyond choppy. So when you guys come in, it's it's just like the fucking aliens from Mars attack. Uh, I don't know. That's say it'll go normal again, and then it'll go back to oh Jesus! I don't know. We're gonna see how this goes. Welcome, Tara. Uh, cheers. Look at that freaking beautiful set back there. All the lighting and the freaking Ganesh in the background. Uh, I'm having audio trouble. I don't know what the freaking problem is. Uh, I might honestly, I don't know, maybe before Ms. Jill comes here, I might honestly, like, this sounds ridiculous. I might restart my computer. Like, I don't know, I might, like, let you guys go because it's so fucking bad. But, uh, Tara, changing the subject completely. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on the show. How's life? What's going on? Good evening. Good evening. I don't know how to head so on tonight. Am I getting any feedback? I want to make sure I'm not causing any feedback. Okay. How's everybody doing tonight? 
I'm ready for a dab. Are y'all ready to dab? I'm ready to go in on this bubble hash. This is called uh, Tidal Wave Wet Batter. Solvemus. Right on time. What are y'all puffing uh, on today? Oh, there's I hate to Jill. say it, but Miss um, Jill's hopping in. Yeah, the, the hey, sound is that's why I'm really here, bad for I me. Wanted, I definitely wanted to support another woman here. So that's why Absolutely. I'm like, I'm going to be here to support her. Cool. And she's a legend. And I hate to say this right now. This is kind of awkward timing. I don't know what else to do because it's really hard to hear you guys. Uh, I'm going to try. Like, we're going to see how this goes. And we're going to see. Uh, she, hopefully, she can hear me and she doesn't think we're all crazy right now. I'm having some audio trouble with my Miss Jill. If you can hear me, I'm having some audio trouble. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, I might have to restart here and let these guys basically talk to you for a second while I do something with my computer because I can't figure out what else is going on. I don't even know if you guys can hear me. Like maybe it's a robot. Yeah, no, yeah. But uh, yeah. can you hear me? Yes. Uh, so I'll shut up here for a second. Uh, I guess Miss Jill's still uh, setting up here. Uh, welcome, Miss Jill. Uh, welcome to the show. Here. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. So you uh, I think your phone stuff. might be on orientation lock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Possibly be no, the phone. Yeah, that would go what, what was that? sideways. Is my phone turned Your phone might. There we go. Perfect. Okay. Uh, might be on orientation lock, where if you turn it, it won't like flip. You know. Perfect. How's this? Welcome to the show. Hi there. That's How you doing? Welcome. Do I have it turned right now for you? You bet. Yeah, you look is. good. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, how are you doing? I'm sorry, my audio is terrible. I'm, I don't know, guys. It's smashed. You've been talking. To them. I got I'm it. To start like get out of here and come right back. Sorry, Miss Jill. It's 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 not your fault. My internet is doing something weird. Uh, smashed. Take it away. By the way, Smash. Thank you very much for finding an excellent guest. Uh, person needs no introduction, but probably one of the best questions would be honestly, tell us about yourself. I'm mean, honestly Smash. You can ask you whatever you want. Hopefully you guys can hear me. I, I hate this internet shit. Uh, yes. But uh, in the meantime, some people don't know who Ms. Jill is. They need to know who she is. So uh, please get started with that. And I'm going to turn you back as soon as I possibly can. All right. Well, let's first start off. I'm, I'm Ms. Jill. Um, Ms. Jill Grower on Instagram. I am the co-founder of TGA Genetics, uh, creator of Jilly Bean, Agent Orange, and several other amazing strains that um, have become quite famous over the years. But um, really quick right now, you know, I, I just spent the afternoon. I was so fortunate. Spend the afternoon with my grandsons and my daughter. We were at the river, at the falls in the river all day. And um, I, I just had to rush rush and get everything set up to do this um, interview or, or conversation chat, whatever you want to say. So I haven't quite had a chance to have an after dinner um, toke yet. So maybe we can all partake in that real quick. That would be awesome. I'd love to. I'll definitely take it that way. This is the um, Jelly Bean Grape. It is purple Urkel crossed with uh, Jelly Bean. And uh, this was a cut that was given to me by CSI Humboldt, was his breeding mom. And um, she is also used in the new Quirkle that uh, was originally a TGA strain, but now it has been brought back, of course, with the new purple Urkel. But same, same Space Queen dad. So I'm really excited about this. That. And I'm sorry, that one was the Jelly Bean Grape. This one is the Purple Urkel. Always some heat over there, huh? Yes, absolutely. 
So we're happy to have you. Thank you for coming. I don't know what Honestly. anybody else likes to smoke with. I, I usually smoke with a bong here. I've got my trusty ripcord, that seven I made back in the day. So um, maybe we can all just fire one up real quick. Yeah, I'll definitely take a dab with you. Um, I got some GMO shatter from a homie. I got to say thank you to the homie. Um, I know Wes has actually got some jelly bean. Some, I got some jelly bean dry sift here that uh, I decided I was going to hang on to and save and smoke tonight with you on. So. Sounds amazing. Yes. I got some gorilla gas over here. Nice big joint. Very nice. Cheers. Cheers. So how did you get into uh well I guess I'll let you smoke first, but how did you get into growing? <laughs> Man, I haven't taken a dab. This is the first dab. So cheers, everyone in chat. Don't forget to change from top chat to live chat. And if you're chilling with us, having a good time, I don't like say hit the button, but cannabis channels, we have a hard time getting out there. So it's always cool if you can comment or share. So thank you for coming. Don't forget to change top chat, live chat, top chat, live chat. Yes. Don't, for, don't forget to share it out, y'all, because they're really hard on cannabis channels and they do not share it for us. So help Fumador out and get him shared. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you. You look very lovely this evening. Thank you, Miss Jill. It's so nice to finally meet you, and not in person, obviously, but I, I've been hearing lots about you, and I haven't been in the cannabis world very long, but you have, and uh, a lot of people really look up to you, so I'm super excited to be able to listen about you and hear about you tonight. Thank you. So um, to answer the question earlier, how did I get into cannabis? How did I get into growing? Um, I have scoliosis. I have three daughters and um, with the scoliosis and it made it a little bit worse with uh, pregnancies. So I use the cannabis actually to help with the pain for scoliosis. And also for so many reasons, you know, that I found later in life, it's so wonderful for just the anxiety and depression and, um, just anything has you a little worked up, a little angry, you know, just take a few bong hits and it just kind of smooths everything out. And it's just much makes the day much more peaceful and pleasant for sure. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how I started. And I started um, as a medical patient providing um, clones. I was selling clones back at the time. Um, I can't say selling. I was accepting donations of, of just a dollar for a clone just to help cover my costs on, on the soil and the pot and such. But um that's what I was doing back then. And I was providing uh, edibles. Uh, mainly I make cookies because they seem to last the longest. You can put them in the freezer. Yep. You make them a little bite size and still get, you know, good hundred milligrams out of them. So that is what I supplied to my patients for many years. Nice. That's always dope. I wish I would, like, I never had anyone around here to get clones from. I've always had to pop seeds. So it's always been like a seed game for me. Well, yeah, and seeds are so much better. I, I provided them clones because they were new people just coming into the industry, patients. They needed the medicine. I was trying to help teach them to grow. And I would take them over a full setup if they were growing in hydro. I would take them over a bucket with, you know, a bubbler bucket system with plant already and established growing. I'd take it to them and set it all up and help them out in that manner. Um, so, you know... I, I ran across a lot of really wonderful people during that time. I'm so grateful that I was part of the industry, you know, back 20, over 20 years ago, almost 25 years ago. 
Um, it, was, it was close to 25 years ago. I met a lady named Luann. Um, my my uh, children's father and I were were helping her out. She had MS really badly, and so we were we were helping set up the grow, make it a little bit more efficient, and you know providing edibles and such. And they gave me this wonderful plant. You know, I was so grateful. She her name was Melvin. Just beautiful plant, big huge leaves. It turned out she was an orange skunk. Um, she was. Um, as she was gifted to me, they told me that she came from Falls City, Oregon. She was uh, 25 years old at the time when I received her. So she's moving wow. up on between 40 to 45 years old now at this time. But um, as we know, later in time, she became um, renamed as Orange Velvet. I, I did that because after I smoked her, I was like, man, this is such an amazing strain. It's beautiful. The smoke is so orange, like sunshine on a summer day, you know. Like, Melvin, what an ugly name. And so I renamed her, at, you know, orange, obvious, because of the great, amazing orange flavor and uh, so undeniable. And the way she grows in, in flower, it, and it's not necessarily um, have to do with dropping the temperature so much. She has beautiful, she ranges, I would say, from a, a burgundy to a purple, maybe a, um, almost into a maroon. Wow. Um, absolutely beautiful. I have some photographs of her. She's almost a black just a beautiful, beautiful plan all the way around. And um, she was crossed with my space queen at space Thread TGA strain at Subcool and I had a male, great male. And um, we crossed her, I crossed her with Jilly Bean or with um, Orange Velvet and created my first strain Jilly Bean. And later on down the road, we crossed her again, Subcool and I, you know, came up with, you know, it'd be an amazing cross with her. Jilly Bean was Dr. your first Ripper. strain? Huh, Jilly Bean, yeah. That's amazing. So you hit your first, like your first one was like a home run. That got lucky, super lucky. Well, I don't know about lucky. You must must have had them. Must have had some some good genetics to work with. I mean, there's there's a little bit more behind it than just luck, I would say. Yeah, and it hasn't stuck around so long because it's just luck. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I gotta say I love that. That's the when I first came in, like even gorilla growing. That's one of the first strains I've ever heard of. Really? Yeah. Like you were honestly one of the first breeders I ever really like. When I started to look into breeders, I really didn't know where to look, and I found Miss Jill, I found TJ, um, and I found a couple of others. But like, yeah, Jilly Bean was one of the first. I got a question: When you first started to grow with those patients, would you have trouble, like any troubles, or was it just smooth sailing? Troubles as far as like <laughs> cultivating, like different mediums did you, did you what were you doing back then um actually i started out in um the bubbler buckets that was my first um first experience as a grower <coughs> excuse me <coughs> and uh, back then when i first started we didn't have um you couldn't walk into the hydroponic store and purchase a setup you had to figure out how to do it and everything was still kind of hush hush you couldn't go in and say hey I, i'm gonna grow hydroponic cannabis you you couldn't do those things. As a matter of fact, my first um, cannabis plants that were grown in hydro, I used aquarium rock because we had uh, American agriculture and that was our hydroponic store. It was in Portland, Oregon, but we had heard that we shouldn't, we shouldn't go there because they, uh, the feds and cops sit across the street and take people's license plates, follow them home or bust them later. So we were all really afraid to go there. So we would go to the fish store, you know, the, the, uh, 
aquarium store and I got a lot of my parts from it's called George Moreland um, plumbing and um, so I go there and I get different parts I needed so I ended up setting up my bubbler buckets in a system of three three off of one control and with a reservoir sitting on top so I had three five gallon buckets and then you have the uh, water that goes in on the top and the water that comes out on the bottom so they're all hooked together and you have the, the control and the, on sitting on top of that you have the um, the reservoir you know you just use a simple uh, toilet float and, yeah 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 so anyways that was my first systems and i would like i said i would do three at a time and then seb and i met we met on overgrow.com cannabis world and he he came and he moved in um to my house with me and my daughters and we i had my um grow room all set up nice i had um, linoleum down in the floors you know it was cut pieces in the linoleum so it was all nice and white and bright and beautiful clean he came right in, just drilled holes in all of my buckets, filled everything with soil, got soil and crap everywhere. I was so pissed off at him. <laughs> <laughs> I fought with that. I fought with that. I was like, no, but this is so much more efficient. I can grow. I can take so many clones from these plants. They have so much, you know, and, you know, the flowering time's not any different. You, you still have to flower this, you know, approximately the same amount of time. So what it does is it does definitely help you with the cloning. Um, you can take if you have a mother plant and, and a hydro, you can take clones just nonstop. But um, so he came in and did that. We I remember we did a side by side. The plant was Shram, and I kept mine in a little sour cream container, you know, just a small one. And he had his in a, I think a five gallon bucket, just like a regular bucket, because again we didn't have nursery pots because you know things were kind of hard to get. To. I still use buckets. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so um, we were going to do a side by side. We had our Shrams running. Pretty soon mine's just towering over his by, you know, three feet, just dwarfing it. He ended up with about three ounces. I got approximately 11. But as my very first, you know, side-by-side -side experience, then we could smoke it and tell the two. And I would have to say, you know, maybe the shram that was that I grew in the hydro was a little more potent, you know, had more resin, those kinds of things. But it had this hit at the back of your throat. A little bit of a tickle back there just kind of made you cough different. And the, the flavor wasn't there. Um, the flavor from a soil grown plant is just, it's out of this world in comparison, you know, if it's natural and organic, because the plant has to break down all of that stuff before it can utilize it and eat it. So it uses different cannabinoid system and, and develops different flavors and flavonoids. And, and so, yeah, that was, that was my switch over to soil. That was a thanks to Subcool. And then on down the road, we started making super soil, which was based off of the Vic High recipe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have we have a, a constant person that jumps on the panel um, and he does the aquaponics and he swears by it. the growth is so much faster. He's like, it's crazy. Hodenponics, oh. Steve. Yeah, I hope he comes on the show a little bit later. He's like his style of growing, by the way. Hey, everybody, from my disembodied voice on my phone. Uh, his growth style is like Star Trek organics or something. I, seriously, every time he talks about it, it reminds me of like the future. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's, I don't know, like uh, I feel like there's going to be like African drums coming out of it when he's just talking. And I don't know, it's just like a, a sci-fi movie in space or something. Because it's like this tidal thing where every single day, several times a day or multiple times every hour, even depending on the setup, the the, the whole system is kind of being washed over by oxygen, oxygen oxygenated and kind of fish waste uh, infused water and he supplements the nutrients in certain kind of molybdenum and whatever else is needed and I don't know just it seems really really kind of um, 
something different, you know what I mean? Something different in possibly a very good way. I'm very, I'm normally not intrigued in that kind of stuff, but I'm very intrigued. As, as well as it includes like the living soil. The science. Yeah. I'm still I didn't mean to, to, like... to disrupt it. Uh, Smash, I, I, sorry, I was so happy to freaking talk on my own show, fucking the internet, but uh, back to you, dude. No, bro, uh, we love, I wish your internet was working. It sucks that you're on your phone. It's, it's fucking really the worst whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Well, since I'm freaking talking, Ms. Jill, what is, what is it like to have a legendary strain? Like, honestly, you know, you, you could be as bashful as you want. We know that you're not a, a how do I put this? You don't, uh, you don't crow about stuff, uh, but everybody knows, uh, 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 Jilly Bean, right? So what is, what is it like having a strain that people can kind of recognize you basically on the street for that they know you for something that you created you said almost accidentally like west engine said I, I don't think it was too accidental but you know you can be modest about it and say oh well you know it was accidental but uh i don't know what was it like well you know I, i'm still kind of surprised it's 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 wonderful it's you know um i'm i'm so grateful i i'm not I, i'm trying to search for the correct words but i i'm so grateful because i know that my strain will be part of cannabis history and it is, it, I'm, I'm so proud and, and happy that I was a part of the industry back before we had um, so many of the hype strains and everything else. And I was able to actually make an imprint in the industry. So, you know, she's won so many awards, so many different events entered by so many different people in so many different categories. And, it's amazing. I'm still in shock. I'm, I'm proud. And um, the relief that she brings to people is what is the best. You know, she, the medicinal effects for people with PTSD and anxiety, depression um, for women, she's fantastic for endometriosis, pain, PMS. Um, I had originally made the agent orange to honor my dad because you know, he passed away from cancer caused by um, the chemical agent orange to his exposure when he was in Vietnam. And, um, so I had made the Agent Orange to honor my dad and veterans. And I, I had hoped, you know, because I had found the jelly bean to be so medicinal, I had hoped that the orange velvet would offer the same type of relief. And, you know, that was going to be basically my gift, you know, for people that have served our country. But as it turns out, it's actually jelly bean, the one that is um, mostly preferred by the vets because they can smoke it. It doesn't, like I said, she helps with anxiety. And there's so many cannabis strains that cause anxiety. And especially with somebody that's new to smoking. And she doesn't seem to do that. She's uplifting, happy, giggly, with a great flavor. You know, she's just all around happy strain. So I'm, I'm really happy about that. And I just interrupt for a minute and say, girl, you should be so proud that you went down in history. It's really hard, especially as a woman in this industry, to make it there and get, and, and, and get that name out there. So congrats for you and be proud yeah. of that. Thank you. I appreciate that. There's definitely only a couple breeders that are going to be remembered. And like, like some of the stories are kind of funky or fading away, but like you, like Jilly Bean, I, I will be around for a while. I definitely like, it's one of my favorite medicinal strains. And I like, I love it. I've loved it since the beginning. Like that's what I started with other than my Chem 91 and my Calio. <laughs> Those I love her. Things. Yes, absolutely. And now I've, I've made, I'm, um, have just finished a whole line of jelly beans. So I have the, um, I have the jelly bean, uh, bubble gum 
and that's with an Indiana bubble gum um, that was given to me by a CSI Humboldt. He helped me um, remold my cannabis, uh, my, my mother library after the fire that had taken all of my genetics. So anyway, she's the Indiana bubble gum with the jelly bean mail. And then I also have um, the grape, which I showed, um, showed you the bud from earlier. And that's the purple Urkel cross jelly bean. And I also have the lime, which is uh, the Chernobyl, which a lot of people have really loved the Chernobyl. It's the infamous uh, golden ticket uh, Slimer phenotype. And so those, those are both the same strain or both the same phenotype. Um, it's just renamed at one point later on by someone else. But so she's my, um, the mother of my jelly bean lime. And I also have one, uh, it's called Joker's Wild. And those, I just have to say, those are amazing. Like those profiles, if you guys get them, like there was someone making uh, hash rosin here in, in Washington from that Chernobyl. Oh uh -huh. my gosh, that was amazing. I loved it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, she's a beautiful plant. She has such beautiful resin. So um, I also have uh, the feminized version of all of those. Um, I also forgot to add, I have a black cherry soda in the regular version as well, which is the black cherry. Um, it's the black cherry soda crossed with jelly bean. And it's called jelly bean black cherry. And that one is just turning out beautiful, big, 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 beautiful magenta colored buds. So um, she turned out beautifully. Um, so on my feminized version, I have in testing now or my fem feminized line. I have all of those. With exception, I have um, a jelly bean cherry versus the black cherry, which is an AK, uh, the cherry AK-47, which came from um, Radio Ridge Nursery as a gift to me um, to help rebuild my library. So it's, I'm really excited about that line. I hope everybody gets a chance to check a few of those out. Do you have a preference from regular seed to uh, like female seeds? Like, do you like regulars or females better? I well, for so many years, I had never grown feminized. Sub was completely against feminized. He said he actually had shirts made that said, um, fem seeds are for pussies. <laughs> I can't believe some of the things he did. It's so obnoxious. But anyway, <laughs> he is who he is, right? So um, kind of funny. So, you know, I started making the feminized. And um, I grew up my first feminized strain. It was from a CSI Humboldt. And she was amazing. It was his... Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember the T1000. It's a um, triangle kush crossed with corkle, I believe. I mean, I'm sorry, triangle kush crossed with purple urkel. So she's she's absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, I, I really don't find a difference. It's just great to be able to plant some seeds and, and you come back with all female. And I think this, you know, it's especially beneficial when you have so many home growers. They don't necessarily know what they're looking for. They have a very limited amount of space or they have a plant count. Maybe they have a plant count of four. They don't have room to start a 10 pack, you know, and, and get four males or whatever. They need to be able to have four plants, plant them and get four plants. So um, I think that it's very beneficial in that for sure. But everybody does have a preference. Some people will not grow them. Yeah, you see some people kind of like against them, and you're, I'm like, I don't get why, man. I I bought I, I get why because I, I think maybe pardon me, I think maybe long term, maybe there is some genetic difference. But the reality is nine nine people out of a hundred, sorry, nine people out of ten, can't talk anymore. I guess I'm all frazzled. Ninety nine out of a hundred people don't really care about breeding that or even taking it necessarily to a, a next generation. A lot of folks are going to grow it one time, cut it down, and smoke it. They might maybe take a clone, but even then, that's probably not going to happen. So honestly, what if, oh my God, the genetic stability, who cares? One generation, 
two generations, three generations, they're not even going to know. <laughs> I don't think exactly. it's something people don't talk about, you know. And you know, for somebody that's, you know, ran in some trouble, you know, running behind time on putting plants outdoors, it's excellent. I have had so many growers come to me. You know, they were they were late putting plants out. They don't they don't have time to go through sexing them. So you know, they want to know if I put ninety nine plants out, I have ninety nine females, that kind of thing. So um, there's definitely a place for the feminized. Well, wasn't it kind of a, a little kind of a like people talked about how, oh, if you have a feminized, they're going to harm more and you're going to have more problems. Isn't there kind of that scenario, too, out there? or No. Yes, that is. I've, I've heard that a lot of times. And that was why I was also afraid of growing them. But I haven't seen that with mine. They seem to have done really well outdoors. I have a um, purple Afghani hybrid line. It's got five different strains in the line. Um, amazing uh, like my purple turban is a headband crossed with purple afghani and i have a um, og kush crossed with purple afghani and that is a uh, uh, purple shaw and then i have the g13 which is purple um, jihad and then i have um, oh gosh, goodness so i have this uh, strain it's called batgirl it's a phenotype of jack's cleaner blueberry that sub had made years before him and i um, became a couple and i have probably the only cut in existence besides, you know, my daughter who had given it back to me. So um, I have that crossed with the purple Afghani as well. And I know I'm going to catch some, some shit over this, but um, the name of the strain, I really can't pronounce. I can spell it very well, but I can't pronounce it. It's to chip or Tara Kush. Um, so anyways, it is the family that bats Let's are from, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good name. Uh, sorry, I was just like, kind of laughing at it. Just, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, innocently. I don't know. It's funny all the different names. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Sometimes we take these things seriously. Like, some of the names are honestly like ridiculous. Like, so, like from our friends, like uh, Family Tree Seeds. He's, he's a, a, a an up and coming breeder. Hopefully, you've heard of him. If you, if you haven't, you will soon. He's got some silly names like Booty Shorts. I mean, like if you, if that was the first strain that you'd saw, you saw you saw from his list, you'd be like, oh, okay, he's some like, No, he's a super cool guy. He knows what he's doing. Like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just a joke, man. It comes from his Pam Anderson line. So yeah, the more you know about it, the more you laugh. You know what I mean? Like spooky shorts. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, right? See what I mean? It's a whole thing that you get to laugh about. Uh, see, I'm conveniently letting Miss Jill uh, have a puff. Have we ignored Caledonian grown? Because normally we ignore him the entire time. Yeah, he just yeah. sits there peacefully. Caledonian, welcome. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, I've been riveted to the to our guest and really happy to see Miss Jill here. Thank you for coming. Um, yeah, it's uh, been a good day with, with plants. Uh, did some transplanting and general plant care around the, the garden, but uh, everything's really happy and thriving. And uh, so in both inside and out. So I'm really Thanks, pleased with, with how everything's going. Uh, really hot day here in Portland, though. Yeah, it was a hot day. Oh, and, oh, yeah. um, Do I see a homegrown natural wonder sticker above your head? Is oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say you've grown some not only homegrown natural ones, but you've grown some of them too, haven't you? I yes. don't remember. I'm, I I'm, 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 I'm putting you on the spot, but I feel like you grew jelly bean or something. No. Oh, for sure. I've definitely grown jelly jelly bean before. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, it was quite nice. So, um, yeah, I was when I I recently had to like restart my garden after a long hiatus and uh when i did so i did so with some clones and uh jelly bean was definitely 
one of them and then uh tangy was another uh nice. so yeah so what's what's the word what how what is the difference on the two of them side by side are they similar <sighs> or are they completely different what's up with that i was you know this was a year ago so okay <laughs> you know like uh i would have to say my my memory was definitely of the the tangy having that kind of tangerine citrus tang to it which was really nice um i i'll have to be honest i don't remember what my general feelings were about like the effects overall on on both of those because it's been so you long. You can say it. Angie, <laughs> Angie is one of those yeah. strains, man. It's like I, I love should keep things. a journal. I should I keep a journal food. is what I should do. I love egg rolls, but if you eat egg rolls for lunch, you're going to be hungry in a half hour. Tangy is basically <laughs> eating egg rolls for lunch. Like you, it's delightful, but a half hour later, you're like, "Did I eat lunch?" So Tangy, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, I just smoked." But wait, did I smoke? I don't know. I bit, like you're, you're you're still smoking, and you're like, "Oh, I'd like another joint." But it's yeah, tasty, I've, you know? I've smoked a lot of egg rolls since then. So yeah, <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, anyways, things are. I was gonna say, we're getting crazy I was gonna like say to uh, Ms. Jill here, um, American Ag. Uh, I also it was like the first place I ever went to when I came to town uh, back in '99, and uh, also they just moved. I, I went. To, I stopped by just a couple weeks ago. And saw there's a sign, and they've moved to Oregon City, I think. Oh wow! So, yeah, oh. you guys and are lucky. Or shops everywhere, grow yeah. shop. Yeah. Well, they're kind of trading away too, though. Like you're seeing kind of which ones are gonna last at this point after the situation. Right, right, right. That's what Dr. Cook's been uh, talking about. I, I think you probably know uh, Clackamas Cootie comes on here sometimes and he talks about how many uh, growth stores there used to be and how few of them there are, you know, relatively speaking now. And it's, I don't know, how do I put this? Even some of the grocers that are still successful, like they used to have three stores, like Bloom used to have three stores, now they have one store. You know right. what I mean? Like it's it's well, changed a lot. We lost Lights and Garden a couple of years ago, but it was, it was before all of this mess. But yeah, we lost uh, Northern Lights and Garden. They were, I'd like to go there. They had good deals. Ms. Jill, do you see yourself as, um, I don't know, hopefully this is a fair question. I hope I hope it's not. Uh, I hope it's not somehow strange. Do you see yourself more as a breeder for commercial cannabis or for home growers? Because I sometimes wonder, how do I put this? I wonder if grow, I wonder if breeders ever think about that. I guess maybe I should have said it that way first, because I wonder if breeders ever focus on home growers as opposed to commercial growers because uh, they seem like they have different priorities. You know what I mean? And the home growers, like you said, with feminized, they have a different priority. I'll let you talk, but I mean, have you ever thought about that, for example? Well, I, I, I haven't actually thought about it. Um, when I was, you know, when I first started, that's all we had was, was home growers. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say that I was more focused towards medical. Um, everything was about medical back then. And also, you know, it was about flavor. We we wanted to have strains that tasted really good. That was, you know, our big thing, my sub and I, was to have really fruity, wonderful flavored strains. Um, so I guess, you know, in the beginning, it was all focused towards home growers and medical growers. And I would say now, I, I don't really have a, a specific direction. I would say that some of my strains would 
you know, be better for um, personal growth. And some of my strains would be better for commercial growth. You know, some of them are really, really big, you know, but also really great. They would also be fine for a medical grower, home grower. But definitely, I think that, you know, like we were saying, the feminized is great for the average home grower. But it's also great for somebody who's trying to run a crop through, you know, for on commercial. Maybe they don't have extra room. Maybe they don't have time. You know, the males take up floor space, table space, whatever, you know, whatever they're at. That's, that's something you have to take care of, throw away. It's a process. You have to go through a process. So feminized are always going to be easier. I mean, there's so many different ways to, to kind of approach breeding, right? Like, I guess where I was getting to with that is, let's say if you wanted to grow for commercial, a lot of commercial breeders, let's say if they're outdoor hemp farmers or just kind of outdoor farmers in general, they probably want a lot of really stable plants. They might not even care if they were 100% plants. They could be 85% plants. They could be C plus plants or whatever. Let's just pick some kind of a, a way of judging these plants. Mediocre plants, but if they're all the same, they would be happier as opposed to, let's right. say, home growers. They don't want mediocre plants. They would want really only stellar plants. So I don't right. know, I guess what I'm going to that is like just these kind of different priorities that I feel like, um, and I hope people will focus on this. And I was really drawn to, to, you know, TGA basically, because I thought you guys really did focus on, like you say, flavor and high. You were always, both you and Sub were always talking about how does this taste? How does it smoke? How does it feel? And that actually was really refreshing. Like, I don't know, I mean, you've met everybody, but I don't know how often you pay attention uh, to, you probably can't say, you probably can't say if, if people say this or not, like how often people pay attention to the high that they're producing with their wheat. You know what I mean? Like, I know that you guys did, and that was, that paid off, I noticed, you know what I mean? When I would grow something or smoke it, I always knew it was PGA. Like, if you if you found it at the dispenser or something, you always knew it was effective. If a, a friend of yours grew PGA, it was always going to be effective, even if they were somewhat mediocre grower, right? It was still good weed. So I, don't, right. I guess I'll stop babbling about it, but I think that that's well, a real serious focus. I think that seeds are especially excellent for, you know, an outdoor grower because they, they're more vigorous. They, they have a taproot. Clones don't have a taproot. So they're more in touch with the earth. They're more in touch with the season. They know what they're doing more, in, in my opinion. Um, and with that said, you know, as an outdoor grower, if they're in the rec system, they're going to want to have a crop that they can put in all as one unit, you know. Um, so they're, they're going to want them to be as... as identical as possible so they look basically as they came from clone um or the product does anyhow um so that you know that that is a goal to make sure you know try to try to have some uniformity um some strains you know my purple afghani hybrid strains those have a lot you know some of them have a lot of um different phenotypes but i haven't ran across a phenotype from those yet that i wouldn't keep all of them seem to be winners. So it, that's great, but it wouldn't be great for somebody with that who was growing in a recreational setting and, and needed to enter, you know, unless they wanted to do a, a pheno hunt and find the one they liked the best, that was the heaviest or whatever, and and clone from it. But as from seed, I would that one would not, you know, definitely wouldn't be um, great for someone trying to enter under one lot. How do you, by the way, how do you select for plants? Like, uh, Subco always said that you were the eyes of the garden. You were the eyes and the ears and everything. You were you were literally the soul of the garden. How do you select those plants when you hunt through them or when you find a, a clone from somebody? Well, as you know, when they're growing from a seedling, you know, the seedling from a seedling to a clone, they change a lot. So you have to, you know, you can't make that call on the, you know, on the first run through when it's from seed. But I do like to run from seed the first time because that's what somebody that only run one runs one time through 
you know, they don't take clones. That's all they're going to see is what it looks like from seed. And so I, I do like to run it, you know, several ways, run it several times, let several different people, several different, you know, qualities of growers, some not so good, some better, you know, I like everybody to grow it out. So I get a good feel, you know, what, what plant's going to do for the average person. Um, I'm sorry. What was the exact question? <laughs> I'm a little high here. So. Oh, we're all a little bit stoned, honestly. Uh, dude, honestly, I kind of forget, probably forgot the question too. We're all kind of stoned now. Uh, how do you pick a, uh, Oh, how do you select for, for plants? I guess yeah. I was going to say, how do you select? So I would start in the, in the vegetation process. Um, I would, I would first, I start looking at the um, internode spacing, which plants are going to be the easiest to take clones from, which ones are going to have the heaviest, heaviest yields. You know, you can kind of tell that as they start in the beginning, sometimes you can be wrong on that, but you know, the nice tight node spacing. Um, I want to see my side branching be in enough that I know it's going to be able to support the load. But you know, I don't want to get a plant that has such a strong Mary stem that it's going to be more hemp-like. So I, I, I note all of those things as they're in the veg process. And then as we go through the flower process, I note, make all my notations in there, how it grows, how easy it is to be grown, how, you know, if it does how much caging or tying up or how much cleaning up does it need, all of those different things. And then that also factors in when I smoke it, how smooth is it? You know, what is what type of high, how high, how much does it take, how long does it last? I put all of those factors of flavor. Um, I put all of those factors together and try to find the, you know, the one that has the best round of everything, you know, the best potential for all of those things. I love how you uh, clarified all those things because a lot of people basically wonder, how do I pick a winner? How do I pick a plant that's better than another plant? And I'll have, um, I don't know, I'll have friends on the show. You know, we have all kinds of people that stop by on this panel. We have a variety of kind of skill levels that pop by on the panel and also the, 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 the chat. We have everybody from experts to, to kind of beginner growers, amateurs. And a lot of times you'll see people, even people that I meet basically, you know, back in the old days when we used to meet face to face, right? Uh, they wouldn't know how to pick a winner. And they'd say, oh, there's this and there's this and this is so close and that's so close. But when you say stuff like that, you just kind of make a list. And then basically all you do is you could tick off all the boxes on one side, tick off all the boxes on the other. And if you look at it like, I don't know, like your favorite children, you're, you'll never make a decision. But when you look at it like numbers on a, on a spreadsheet or something else, it becomes fairly easy to pick that winner, exactly. right? Even go into the cloning process. How easy is it to clone? Does it clone every time? Is it the last one to clone? It doesn't want to clone. You have to take clones again a second time. Is it the only one that didn't clone? You know, you, you want to, um, is it days ahead of the rest or is it days behind the others? You know, you want to mark all of those different things down. So try and find the one that's maybe the easiest for the home grower. By the way, I'm not really doing comic book bullshit here. I, I'm having a little bit of bad luck with my internet, and also every single lighter that I have has gone out of work, I've service. Like every yeah, single yeah. lighter doesn't work anymore. So basically, I'm having to buy like increasingly ridiculous Ruby Goldberg ways to light my joints. Uh, but forgive me, folks. We're gonna get this. Uh, we're gonna get it done. Uh, what was I gonna say, uh, Ms. Jill? What is the most memorable experience of uh, smoking that you ever ever had? Like uh, right now, I'm having this experience where I have to light my joint with a torch and all kinds of weird shit. But did you ever have like a memorable puff with, uh, I don't know, with anybody, with, with a friend or by yourself on Mount, Mount St. Helens or something? Willie Nelson. Willie yeah. Nelson. Nice. Oh, that's good. Yep. Good pick. He so. came to the biodiesel conference in um, Turner, near Turner, Oregon. Um, 
se sequential biodiesel, I believe. And Sub and I had gone to that conference and we got to meet him as soon as he came off the bus. We got to, um, he signed a magazine that, um, that Sub, I think it was a High Times magazine. Maybe it was a Heads because we had written for Heads back then as well. But um, he signed, he, we got pictures of him signing the magazine and we got pictures with him. We handed him a bit, nice big Space Queen nug and passed the pipe around a couple of times. So that was pretty amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I've heard that you basically cannot get Willie Nelson high. Like he gets other people high, no matter who they are, but you cannot get him high. Is there any truth to that? Well, I don't know. He seemed a little high. Did he? I mean, that would be, I mean Space Queen, that would take you. Yeah. I heard he quit cigarettes back in the day by like switching out his pack of cigarettes with joints. Dude, that's so we all, um, we all, we all know uh, Jack here. So Sub and I were at the the Hemp Fest, and Jack was there. We we had great photos of this, the whole almost step by step. Where we we're in Jack's, but getting high with him. We're past him, you know. We're excited. We're trying to show, our, you know, we made these strains here and let's smoke this. I don't remember what strain it was. I think maybe it's the Space Queen or the Vortex. We're showing him, hey, here, you know, we want we want you to smoke this. We're getting high with him, and he has to go on stage and speak, and he starts speaking and he's powerful. It's a beautiful. He's you know, he's like this, and he's like, uh, <laughs> he just starts coughing. <laughs> he, we thought we killed Jack at the back at the time. We were like, oh, my God, what did we do? And he's, he, couldn't, he couldn't remember where he was. He just completely lost what he was talking about. It was, it was great. That was a great moment as well. I'm glad to have shared that moment with him. The audience was probably just cracking up. Uh, what's it like, honestly? Like you've been around since the the beginning of all these stories, Jack Carrera and everything. What's it been like being a, a woman, basically developing your own kind of brand and your own reputation in this? Kara's talked about this. Like it's a boys' club, right? Like it's kind of this macho, like a little bit aggressively douchey sometimes. Like you don't maybe notice it if you're a dude, but like you definitely notice it if you're not. I've heard some stories. What's it been like, basically, to kind of build your own? your own way it, you know i'm glad you touched on that and that's awesome because i feel like and just one more thing because i know i would love for her to touch on this it feels like the women have to show off some cleavage for them to get noticed it, it, and it's really sad yes absolutely and you know it's, sometimes you kind of have to use something to get somebody's attention when you get their attention then you can say hey look this is what i've got and you can show them, hey, this is, you know, line it all out. And then you start talking, you're showing them what you have, you know, presenting things. And then they're like, wow, shit. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, you just you just have to use what you have to use to to, to get somebody to pay attention and, and just blow their fucking mind, I guess. And um, I would say, you know, it, it, it has been difficult, um, more so in the past. Nobody wants to take you seriously. They, you couldn't possibly be somebody that's growing a plan i mean it must be your husband it must be your boyfriend it couldn't possibly be you you know now i live alone i'm completely alone you know and so who else is there to do it i do every every single bit of it myself like the only thing i don't do is wash out my own pots i i do hire somebody to wash out my pots for me but at least i do wash them out and i reuse them i'm you know not one of those people that you know making a big footprint but anyways so you know I've been, I'm, I've, I've been listed as the first um, female, um, publicly known female cannabis breeder, and you, all of this, you know, all of these um, 
different things that have, you know, happened over time. And, and I've been at, I'm sorry, I'm high. Uh, so this one time I was at, an, at an, and this happened on more than one occasion, but this time in particular, it was a high times. So it was one of the cups. And, uh, you know, I'm standing at the booth. It's my booth, subs, subs in there, you know, we're talking. And he's a, he's a very powerful talker. So if you're, you know, with your and sub, you're always kind of, you know, in the shadow just a little bit because he's super powerful speaker. But um, so this, this gentleman comes up and he's, he's wanting to talk about genetics and he wants to, he wants to buy some seeds and he comes up and he talks to me. And he's like, can I talk to one of the breeders, please? You know, and I'm like, um, I am one of the breeders. He's like, one of them. And I'm like, excuse me, you know, and I had to, I, I, I wasn't asked to him, I admit it, but you know, he ended up standing there speaking, listen to me speak and he apologized. And sometimes you have to take that route. You know, you have to say, Hey, listen, but I think now um, with more women coming into the industry, I think that, you know, we're, we're beginning to be taken a bit more seriously. I know it's still a struggle for a lot of women, but um, I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. And I'm so happy to see so many women that have become part of the industry and the community. It's, um, making it definitely more like a family type environment. But then of course you have the recreational side of it that's come in, which is kind of, you know, made things a little more commercialized, made things a little more cutthroat. So um, definitely I'm glad the women are around to help soften that up some. Softening it up is a, is a well, it's one way to put it. I was just gonna say like, uh, even if you didn't care about equality or really anything else, even if you just cared about good weed, I would say you'd want that extra perspective that women are going to provide. Like anytime that I've ever been at a restaurant or eaten at someone's house or anything, like women cook slightly differently. And let's say, for example, I don't know, probably the best example I could say is like a, a man chef will try to blow everyone's fucking mind with the food. And it'll oftentimes be a little bit over the top with that. Everything will just be dialed up to 11. Whereas, for example, often, you know, there's exceptions to this, of course, but I'm generalizing uh, just for the sake of this argument. I'm generalizing women oftentimes will kind of make the, 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 the meal more uh, like everything will gel together as opposed to every individual dish trying to go to fucking 11. You know what I mean? So everything, if you look at it individually, might be an eight and a half or a nine, but together everything will be a 10 or 11. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, again, it's just a generalization for the sake of argument. I feel like women will have a different perspective on breeding they're going to combine different selections they're going to have different i mean everything i just, I just say there's different flavor profiles you know all you ever hear from male breeders is death skunk and roadkill skunk and armpit skunk and more armpits armpits on top of dead armpits which is fine but you know like there can be other perspectives you know so i think a lot of women will probably look for you know, maybe more pleasant versions of armpit skunk or something i don't know but i don't know um I don't know. go ahead sorry. i just say that it's wonderful um you know that they have the the bigger dick competition going all the time um pardon my language but at least i don't have to be brought into that they they kind of leave me out of it um they no, kind of keep some, it so that that is a plus i was just gonna say i have some lag my on my internet now too but uh whatever we're just gonna freaking roll with it uh um top floor i think here in the chat was mentioning uh loving in her eyes in colorado and she's been this new well i guess uh, she's not new anymore she's just been established already but she's been this kind of up-and-coming grower and then eventually breeder and so on and so forth and you know she just got known on instagram for these just incredible pictures and i've smoked her weed it's just just beyond frosty and everything else how do I put it? Um, I guess I don't have a huge point to that, but there's just been more and more of these kind of people that have stepped out of the shadows. And I think it's been a lot of times because of people like you, you know, 
Like, for example, there were, you had, I think, one of these issues. A lot of women could not really be growers. They didn't have the luxury of being growers because if they got arrested, their kids would be taken away. Whereas if the man, for example, I don't know, subcool went away several times, the kids were with you or they were able, they could be with their mother, for example, basically. So a lot of mothers just wouldn't ever take that that chance, basically, with growing. Um, it's That's really what I was going to say. Or anything else. Smash, go for it, Dean. I yeah. was just thinking the, the more and more we're seeing legalization, I, I hope the more and more we're going to see a lot more people coming out of the woodworks like we are. Like oh, legal state by state, we're seeing more and more people come out and they're feeling okay to come out because they don't have to hide behind the bushes anymore to grow a pot plant. You know what I mean? Like, I, dude, dude, gorilla growing used to suck. It was literally the worst part about like growing, but like you had to hike out to the woods, make sure you, no one could ever find it. Like it was, it would suck. And understandably, that's why a lot of people had on their mind that the women weren't going to do all that work, but whoa, whoa, whoa. what was the bad part of that? Hiking out into nature and then uh, visiting well, your like plants. What was bad about that? That was great. <laughs> I mean, having to hide it sucked, but I mean, like yeah. the rest is alluring. Well, yeah, you know, you got to worry. I was fortunate enough to, you know, grow up in Oregon and, you know, through my life, it was like a $500 fine was the worst that um, it was at one point. And I'm not growing for, for under an ounce, anything under an ounce. But um, in Oregon, it's, it's never been quite as hard, I would say. And I've had medical. I've been growing under medical being, um, since the beginning. But it's still, you know, it was still, I was nervous because my kids were really little, like kindergarten, first grade. And I was, um, I had to keep it hidden. I didn't want, I mean, they knew. I, I told my kids, I didn't want them to think I was hiding something worse. So I, I was always open and honest with them. But I also let them know, you know, you, you can't talk about this with other people, with, with your friends, with other parents. When with the cops come into the school and they, they do this program thing and, and they ask you if your parents say no, you just don't say anything. And um, I said, you know, you, different people will look down on us because of it. We're legal. Here's my card. I show it to you. You know, we're, we're okay. We're not going to get in any trouble, but people will view us differently. And, you know, your house is clean and I walk with you to the school bus and your coat zipped up and your shoes are tied and you have lunch and you know, you're, you're okay. You're better off than a lot of your friends. So we're not doing anything wrong. I didn't want them to feel like they, you know, we're doing something wrong or I was doing something wrong, but I wanted them to know that some people, you know, just didn't have the right view. So it was, it was hard to, you know, pick the right words and, and to talk to them about it, but I did do that. And fortunately, thankfully, they did not ever tell, talk to anyone about it. Um, it was when they were in high school, they had some friends that happened to watch the weed nerd and they're like, Oh my God, your mom and dad are sub cool. And Ms. Jill, Oh my God. So that's how, um, Finally, you know, people found out, you know, their friends. And by that time, at first they were kind of like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But then later they were like, oh, this is cool. You know, my friends think this is cool. So, you know, that's, that's how we that's got funny. <laughs> that's that funny. That's funny. That's the first awesome. time I've heard that story too, because like, it's always like a friend and they're like, hey, your mom and dad are like the weed nerds. And they're like, oh shit. Because <laughs> yeah, um, they were mad at it for a minute, but they got over it. That's funny. I know um, Ross and Jeff had the same situation, I think, happen with his daughter. Like, his daughter's friend, like, was like, hey, your dad has, like, a podcast. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> one of them, um, one of them's had a dad that was growing our genetics as well. 
and they didn't they hadn't put the two and two together until they came over to our house you know to her house and they met us and we I think I think when it's just me by myself I can hide easier because I'm just a you know a girl there's so many girls have long brown hair and but with sub he looked completely different he stood yeah. out like um, especially when he wore that fuck hat it wasn't my fondest hat guy and I could see women, they would, you know, moms with their kids, they would look up at the hat, then they would look at me and make eye contact, they'd look up at the hat, they'd look at me and I'm like, fuck. Hide your your friends, hide your dogs. I still get looked at in stores just for smelling like weed all the time. (laughs) Like, it's funny that like the older people, what is that? And they look at me and I'm like, "Uh, oops, sorry. Nobody ever calls me out. They just stare at me. I don't know. I live in like an old, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's still, we, we legalized. We didn't even legalize a little while ago. You know what I mean? We, we've, I had to hide for a long, long time. It sucks. I was just going to say, you know, before I do, before I ask a question, uh, 710 Canuck is in the chat, and he deserves, I think, a shout out for uh, going through, I think, a lot of adversity. A lot of people that listen, I'm not, you know, trying to, to, I'm trying to single him out in a good way, basically. I think a lot of people that listen to this show and a lot of the shows that we do, basically, I, I often say that like, a lot of the cannabis people are kind of broken birds. And I think almost 99 to 100%, maybe 99.9% of every guy, thank you very much. So when we ask him, like, oh, how is, we're going to actually have to listen. Hey, we're gonna have to listen uh, he actually to knows his shit, dude. We have to listen to him now. <laughs> our chat, our chat's doing shit. They had a kid that, like yeah. the other night. Now that someone's graduating, our chat's growing up. I guess that was that was Jer Bear. I wonder how they were happy with their daughters. Oh, congrats to Jer Bear on his congratulations, Jer Bear. Amador, I was gonna share Jill's Instagram um, right here on the live. Did you want to do that or Enable I? Sharing, please do. Okay. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, so Miss Jill, I guess I was before we were talking or before I was talking about that, I was just going to say like, uh, what's it been like, even just that kind of going from basically a pariah, like, I remember sub talked about basically being a pariah. And when you say that, like, you guys had to hide this from, uh, thank you for reposting by that. I, I didn't uh, notice that until just now. Uh, how do I put this? Like, you guys had to be quiet about what you did for legal reasons and otherwise. And now, I mean, you guys are like the bell of the ball, like, uh, I mean, people want to talk to Ms. Jill, like you're, you're, how do I put this? You're going to be probably more and more famous now. Uh, a lot of people are talking about kind of cannabis breeders as being like new celebrities and all that stuff. Like, what's that switch like for you? Um, it's, it's still hard to mentally adjust to it. Um, I still, you know, I've still kind of sometimes feel like I need to hide when I'm in a public setting, but at the same time, I will smoke my weed in a, out of a piper and joint right in the middle of the park and not think twice. So I, I don't know quite how to answer that. It's, it's probably the problem. I just did. I just used to pull my pipe. I really didn't care ever either. You're going to get me in trouble. You can get me in trouble for way worse things. And most of them knew me. Like I was a punk, you know what I mean? Growing up and I lived in a like smaller town. So like they got to know me, and they're like, "Dude, we don't care if anybody joint anymore." Uh, that was just like four twenty bell. Um, uh, cheers, everybody! Happy uh, four twenty. Um, what was I gonna say? I just completely forgot the question I was gonna say. I I'm sorry. I was gonna ask you. No, I was gonna ask something, and then I completely forgot my freaking question. Okay. Uh, well, 
let me back up and, and go back to that. Um, I would say that it was, I, I was always nervous for someone to know that I'm Ms. Jill. Hmm. But if I'm just someone smoking a joint in the park and I would have to deal with the police, I, I'm not concerned about that at all. I, I would be more concerned about someone, you know, finding out who I am when I'm out in public and I don't want to be known. That's that's more of a thing that had used to bother me more, but not so much anymore because my kids are grown. So I would I would say that that's where the shift was for me is is my kids um, not being in, responsible for my kids anymore and, and having people find out who I am. Um, I wouldn't want my neighbors to know who I am. I mean, that that would bother me, but thankfully they're all older. Oh, so even today, you wouldn't want your neighbors to, to really know who you are? No, I'm, I'm very private. No, I, I can dig it, man. I don't. I, I, I don't. Dig it, I wouldn't either. And it's one of those things. And it makes me a little bit sad because weed is this very kind of open and or it should be anyway, this very open and, and friendly thing. I mean, it should be like tomatoes or corn or artichokes or whatever. Hey, you want to smoke some of my weed? You say to your neighbor and they'll say, sure, you know, it should be like that. But man, you can't. Oh my God. Right, I'll try leaving a bag of weed in my neighbor's lawn when he's mowing when he finds it. And we'll see how he reacts. And then we'll go from there. Because I don't like he sees like my plants because he mows his he mows his lawn like and it goes all the way back to the backyard. And he can definitely see where I like do my outdoor. Doesn't really give a shit, honestly. They like never said anything. Um, I don't even know if he knows what it is, really. We stoners, we we convince ourselves that all these kind of normal things would be like normal. And then like, we'll tell somebody and be like, are you fucking dumb? Like, for example, I literally wanted to mail a friend of mine some some I was super proud of like one of my first harvests. It was obviously a few years ago. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to totally mail like just across the state. Like, it's legal. It's fine. And then a friend of mine told you, like, are you fucking dumb? Like, don't do that. Just at the time, whatever. We're not going to get into it. Like, uh, whatever. But uh, it seemed like trip. a great idea at the time. We'll just put it that way. It seemed like a another idea. one of trips. Great idea. Mail my friend some weed. It'll be fucking hilarious. It'll be fun. But whatever. Oh. I guess I shouldn't say any more details. We're just going to drop it at that and back out of that story. Miss Jill, where do you uh, where do you see kind of as like as I'm kind of joking around about you know celebrity this celebrity that like where do you see weed going? I mean, everybody's trying to figure out where it's going in the future. Uh, where do you see like? Um, how do I put this? Where do you see breeders? I don't know, craft breeders. I was going to say small time breeders, not small time breeders. Uh, where do you see kind of craft breeders like TJA, like like Ms. Jill? Uh, where do you see them in the kind of galaxy that includes like, you know, Monsanto and Bear and all those guys? Like, are you guys going to have your own market? Are you are you going to develop your there'll own market? Always, then? There'll always be, there's always going to be people that don't want to go that route, the other route. They're not going to want to grow that crap. It's going to piss them off. But yeah, the further we go with legalization, the more we're going to get it commercialized and the less we're going to be able to have hands on. Um, I mean, I've, I've already seen where some of the companies and there's some companies on there I wouldn't have expected to be on the list um, that are supporting um, for, you know, to home for home growers to lose their right to grow home growth. And that would suck because then, you know, who's going to want to have seeds if they can't grow them? So yeah, that, that bothers me definitely. And I, I just hope that, you know, there's so many of us, I don't know that they can, you know, push it back against, you know, all of us, but if they have the more money, I guess they can. 
I mean, that's certainly one of the biggest fears, right? Like, uh, at least it's been one of my biggest fears. They'll basically just kind of pharmaceuticalize the entire cannabis industry, where they'll basically like legalize it under uh, FDA rules and basically say that uh, a couple five uh, pharmaceutical companies will have all the licenses to produce and dispense cannabis. And you'll just basically get like whatever they'll give you and that's it. And they'll ban it otherwise. That would happen. That would happen if they reschedule cannabis into another class where like it would be with Percocets and Oxycontin and medicines like that. So technically the only place you would be able to get it would be CVS, Walgreens and yada, yada, yada. And all these little stores would get pushed out. So we, if we ever see that coming, we would have to fight hard. Yeah. I think it would be more like alcohol. You know, I think that you could buy it in a regular store, maybe, maybe not a grocery store, maybe more of an alcohol store, but you could buy it over the counter, like maybe an alcohol store dispensary, whatever. But um, I see that maybe we won't be able, it'll only be able to be grown by certain licensed um, commercial grows, you know, specific that, you know, just basically like we are already doing, but they're going to take out the home growers eventually. I mean, how do you, how do home growers prevent that? Like you, you've, you've been around since the beginning of this and you've talked to a bunch of them. How do they, uh, Horde genetics of gear that's not sterile. So as the, as we move into the future for for commercial settings, it's going to make sense to obviously have have sterile plants that won't accept pollen no matter what you do. And then once that's a, a more mainstream thing, you could see how that could maybe become dangerous if uh, if there was some sort of mass kind of uh, control. Let's call it a little tightening up because we could start losing things, right? If people if there was more restrictions and people weren't allowed to breed. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, hindrances put up. If you were breeding, well, then we could slowly start losing things. So it's just to kind of hold on to everything to keep doing this, to have amazing people uh, like Miss Jill and so many others that are pushing work forward and coming up with these new awesome creations and uh, just holding tight to them and making sure we don't let them uh, fall through the cracks. Welcome, by the way, DK. I have a little tiny spider crawling on my keyboard. That's, that's from me. And it, it's friendly, so don't worry. Oh yeah, it's super friendly. This guy, I'm gonna like just blow off into. I have a little jade plant. I'm gonna probably push him over. There. I guess I could show you guys. Nice. Okay, anybody who's scared of spiders, I guess look the other way. You might not be able to see it because it's so tiny. Oh, you probably can't see it. Where is he? Oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. You oh, see? I do, see oh, it. I do not see the itsy witsy spider. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Where are you? Well, anyway, spider shy. Uh, so. Spider Live another day. What do you think the best action against, um, like, going forward being for the, like, keeping the home grows and stuff? Like, what do you think we would have to do to keep it going forward? Like, what do you think is going to have to happen? Now, keep smoking. Go ahead. We can talk. Jimmy, <laughs> she was talking about the a dark plant and I was looking at yours. I was thinking about your, uh, mm. what is that? The Ruby Jack? That's uh, Morgana. Behind you? Mm. Oh, Morgana. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah. the Morgana is the Cuvée, um, Cuvée F2, I guess, by the Ruby Jack. So yeah, a lot of color on it. You know what, actually speaking of that, uh, Ms. Jill, I was thinking about this earlier in the show and thank you Smashed for kind of uh, reminding me about this. <laughs> How do I put this? We've talked about this before on the show. What have we talked about? We've talked about uh, the color of the plant being significant for the, where are you? There, there you are, Ms. Jill. 
the the color of the actual like the 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 nug meat of the plant being important for the kind of quality of the high. A lot of people are into the perps. I mean, you look at that. Who who couldn't be into the perps? And you're into the perps too. All of us, probably everyone here on the panel is on and into the perps. And yet we've kind of come to this kind of conclusion that a lot of times we hate to admit it, but when you get two phenotypes of the same strain, the green one is stronger, better, faster, like just everything, a little bit Superman, you know, it's Superman versus uh, Clark Kent or something. Yep. Maybe not that extreme, but do you agree with that on the whole or what do you think? Um, when, they, when they've been run through the lab, they definitely come back different. Um, the purple and the green, they have completely, you know, they all have cannabinoid makeup, you know, um, purple plant usually has, it will have linalool in it. So it has the medicinal effects for that. But often, yeah, the green, the green one will come back a little more potent. But, you know, the purple one may give different medicinal effects or maybe more hidden. So, yeah, it, it's difficult. I wish we could pin one down that could carry both traits together. I mean, that's that's what people say, just do more uh, breeding and selection. I guess that's true, right? Like, um, how do I put it? Uh, I was going to make some kind of a point earlier about uh, people screwing up the, the red delicious apple, but I guess like you can totally do the opposite of that. You could totally, I guess the red delicious used to be delicious. And then they basically made it just shippable and like a big old waxy skin and everything else. And so now it's not delicious anymore. But I was thinking like with with good breeding, you can do completely the opposite. I don't know. I, 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 I keep wondering where, I didn't mean to interrupt you, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just really wondering where you're, like, where you're going to take cannabis, like where your future kind of strains lie, like what are you most intrigued by, what what kind of things do you puff, or what, what do you want to kind of crack together, or what what do you want to see in, in future medical genetics? Well, right now I'm, I'm, you know, I have all of my um, jelly bean uh, feminized hybrids in testing, and I'm working on my Agent Orange line. I'll have, you know, the original, I'll have an F2, I'll have an S1, I'll have some hybrids, some nice hybrids of it and some regular hybrids of it. And when I finish up with that, I'm gonna um, work on a few of, uh, more of the TGA strains. Maybe I'll have a Jack the Ripper. I wanna bring back a few of the, the original TGA strains. So I'm thinking about, you know, bring back maybe a Jack the Ripper, you know, do some of these and just feminized um, Jack the Ripper S1, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and there's a few more I'm going to bring back as well. You know, I, I have uh, already, I have the Quirkle, the, um, the Flav, the Quirkle, the Queen Anne's Revenge. <laughs> and I know there's one other. Oh, the, the Romulan. Um, that's the Flav, I'm sorry. So, but there's there's uh, one other. So, so many of those plants are just like, I don't know, they're like um, statues or something. Like, I don't know, I've, I've grown, I've been fortunate enough to grow a few of those. I had a Queen Anne's Revenge. Like, I, I joked to people that it was like, when you open the tent, it was like opening the tent to Lhasa in Tibet. Like, it was just so beautiful, that plant. But then so, some of the other ones you're talking about, like, oh my goodness, I know this from like great. books and stuff. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm going to bring back the the um, Dairy Queen and the, um, the uh, Vortex as well. Beautiful. Uh, I know, yeah, I mean, I you're doing a lot of work, right? I was just going to ask about that vortex. That is amazing. Isn't it? Yes. Oh, wow. The highs. Oh, love it. Yes. And you know what? Speaking of you, Tara, uh, Ms. Jill, have you ever thought about uh, running into uh, Tara, for example, is very much into, let me not fuck up the name, uh, Roberts Creek Congo. Uh, Roberts Creek Congo, Red Congolese, kind of similar to Red Congolese. Have you ever thought about going into kind of like a, 
heavy racy sativa kind of uh, uh, perspective with weed? Um, no. Vortex actually has a race on it. It, it, it does. Yeah, it, it'll actually make them a little nauseous. So that that comes from the, the Apollo thirteen. So and well, you know, and the Space Queen together, it kind of it just the combo of the two really seem to do that. And um, yeah, that one's great for hash and everything. I'm not a fan of the racy stuff. That's that's like my my gimmick. You're not a fan anymore. Or, so, have you ever been a fan? Me? Um, I've this before. You've never been a fan of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll smoke it if like I hung out with you or I hung out with Tara or whoever. You know what I mean? And you're like, here, I got this Tiva or this racy. I'd be like, okay, let's just I'll, I'll smoke a joint. But like me growing personally, I'm definitely always leaning more towards something that I can relax get a hug from you make a, a really good point and this is something that i think in the future people will spend more time kind of focusing on i wonder um i wonder if at the end of this hopefully there will be a question for Ms. jill like the fact that a lot of breeders will, spe will specialize probably into specific kinds of highs some breeders will probably sit there and smoke video you know, not smoke video games they'll probably smoke people on video games all day and you know smoke weed while they're doing it and they'll want to have a high that is concordant to that freaking experience right or maybe some breeders will be basically like just fucking with plants in the garden all day long and will want to have like just heavy focus but maybe be drowned out otherwise or something maybe for example in my case i've and i guess it's paid off i've been wanting to have weed and it turns out it looks like i bred some that just kind of has this happy interesting uh, how do I put this? Not overwhelming effect, but just basically an uplifting, happy, uh, goofy high, basically. It enhances your experience and gets you enjoying more of what you're doing. That's what I wanted to do. That's probably what I'm going to dig into more now that I've found it. I'm just, I'm, oh, I want more of that. So how do I put this? Like, That's a long meandering question, I guess, to, to dig that back. Ms. Jill, do you think there's like a language to your high? Like, uh, I guess... Probably there is on some level because Subcool was always kind of known for that little bit kind of happy, good tasting weed. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was old pound you in the stuff. face weed, but it wasn't, yeah, it was like a good experience. Old so school stunner. That's what I, that's what I call it. Old school stunner weed. Old school stunner, yeah. yeah. It just makes you like, hey man. Yeah, old, old, you know. yeah I can dig it. Strong weed, you know? So, <laughs> so I, I I have a question. Did did you have one that was an apple tartlet by chance? No. Or no, an apple tartlet. And then there's a there's a little there's a comment in chat, and you're not seeing chat, and you just have to hear it. So someone says, "Vortex changed my life. That's why I'm here today." So that's important that you see those things. So just wanted to point that out for you. Very good, very good. You know, I, I've heard, I've heard that from people told that you know it's it's great for like um, people who have had a traumatic brain injury. It works great for them. Miko says that uh, Vortex was one of the first strains he bought to grow. Before that, it was bag seed. Um, hey, bag seed was fun for a little while. Then I got handed a bunch of decent seeds, but like that's I never the, bought anything until plan. Jelly Bean. <laughs> Holy cow, that's the difference. Uh, Ms. Jill, this, this question came up earlier, uh, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, maybe on my show. And I was like, we're probably going to have to do a whole show on this. But honestly, like, who better to answer this question just by themselves than you? How does somebody as a beginner like pick a seed to grow? Because uh, we, you know, smash here and saying, oh, I'll try to grow anything and blah, 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 blah. And there's, you know, that's fine too. Like everybody can kind of goof off in the garden, do whatever they want. But I was saying when I started, I actually started with bag seed, but I had this kind of very targeted perspective. And then I went on and 
don't know. That was my way. I was like, oh, I'm going to go in some direction with my seeds, even just like, as like a beginner grower, I had some kind of direction. So I guess, I don't know, whatever way you describe to somebody, how does somebody kind of pick good seeds to grow? Like, I mean, I'm sure obviously to buy Ms. Jill Genetics, but uh, after but that, that what do they pick? Or two. You know, it would depend on, on what they needed it for, what kind of flavor they're looking for, um, what kind of um, room room height they have. You know, there would be so many factors they would need to, to talk about first. Yeah, but they're, you know, specifically, and I think um, Feminize, that's where Feminize would also be easier again is for the, the beginners because they don't have to worry about picking out males. You know, they plant a seed, they get a plant growing and it, it's going to be a female. So that's sometimes easier for the newbie because they don't want to grow more than one or two. It's more than they can handle. So um, I think that I would I would recommend something like that, a female, a feminized a seed, something else. Maybe it doesn't get too tall, doesn't you know get too big, really easy to grow, doesn't have a lot of requirements, isn't really picky, more forgiving. What about names? A lot of uh, a lot of kind of newer growers are really seduced by the hype names or they've heard of a name on Instagram a bunch of times or something like that. In your experience, has that kind of paid off with seeds or, or would people be better off with something else? Um, no, um, the, the people with all the money, they're the ones that, you know, can afford to, to get more followers and get more, uh, some more seeds. But those are usually the rappers or the people that just came into the industry after it became recreational and legal. They didn't spend time in it. They, they don't do it for the love of it. They do it for the cash flow. You know, they saw money signs. They came in for that. They're not growing. It's not what they say it is. It's generally, I'm not going to say with everybody, but generally they, it's not what they say it is. They have done no research on it. They're probably buying it from another breeder. And then they're, yeah. you know. They That's a big it. thing right now. So, yeah. I know some other breeders that even will buy from another breeder wholesale. I know companies right now that are trying to expand into other states and just buying like people's work and just renaming it their stuff it's 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 getting pretty absurd and it's a company that everyone like i i don't i hate like i i say if it's grown right it's okay but like i don't i don't support the business side of i'm not even going to say what's strange but i don't support the business side of it and most people will guess what i'm talking about because yeah. <laughs> the one I'm uh what was i gonna say sorry d uh no yeah you're absolutely right d i'll have to remember to say that um uh now i lost my train of thought that's the nice thing about a stoner show it's the nice thing and the dumb thing like you lose your train of thought like 50 times because you're kind of stoned but then also you lose your train of thought because you're stoned like dang it you need like a assistant to help you like tap you on the shoulder like no you were talking about such and such and such um, I've got I've got a good question. So what about um what is the one thing that you know now that you wish you knew from day one when you started growing? Or a couple. I'll give you a few. You don't have to just one. <laughs> don't overlove them. Just water them and let them go. Don't overwater. The biggest problem that people have overwatering. Yeah, the huge one, the, the overwatering. Uh, and then when something happens, people will mother it. I don't want to shout anyone out because I don't know if he wants to talk about it. If he wants to talk about it, it'd be a great subject to talk about. But somebody told me, oh, they put the plants out too early. That happens. That's a mistake. That's just a mistake that happens. And wouldn't you know it, it friggin' rained. 
And then basically I heard a little bit of mothering to fix the problem. And I was like, oh, no, 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 you actually have to do the opposite. Like when basically something goes uh, wrong with the plant, you essentially have to kind of step back a lot of times and basically let it just kind of let nature uh, take care of run its course. Yeah. Right. Depends on what it is. That's true. It does depend on what it is. But a lot of times with that overwatering, I don't know, like, I guess I was lucky, like my whole kind of growing, I just, I, I tended to underwater. So I've rarely ever had a lot of the problems that a lot of other folks have had, like either from overfeeding or overwatering or anything else. I just, I tended to underwater more than anything else. It's been helpful. I don't know. Um, overwater is like, like killer for, for definite, like, um, when I switched into trying to do like a living soil and it having to be moist all the time. And like, I'm used to doing, I, like, I've always done dry down cycles, even on like super soil. Because, like, what's your thoughts on that, uh, Ms. Jill? Because you've grown probably everything that there is from cocoa to NFT to, to uh, well, I don't know. Maybe you haven't grown everything, mineral, oh. wool, or have you grown basically everything there is to grow? Um, I've grown in rockwell cubes in hydro. I've grown in plugs and I've grown directly in soil, you know, plugs within soil. And I've grown, grown, you know, just put them directly in soil. I haven't done all of those other ones. Right. That's what we say, basically, that you don't you don't get the same effect. I mean, how do I put this on some level? It's just somebody saying it. it. It's their opinion. Right. But. I've said before that I can tell a difference in weed that was grown in good soil or good quality weed grown in good soil as opposed to hydro weed. You know, maybe I'm lying. I don't think I'm lying. I think I'm telling the truth. Do, do you get it's that? More yeah. It's deeper. It's more robust. It would be like you living off an, of an IV or a protein shake. You can do it, exactly but it. you're not going to have the same mass to your body. You're not going to be as healthy. Your hair's not going to be as shiny. You're not going to be as vibrant. You know what I mean? All of those things that it would do to you, it does to the plant. Yeah. So to look at it that way and if you and step even further when you're feeding a plant whole and organic and and people don't realize this and it um, compares to a human when you eat instant oatmeal that oatmeal's already been um processed really processed so that it can cook quick it's been rolled and it can cook quick rolled oats have been milled so your body doesn't have to mill them if you really want your body to work right and you want it to be able to break down in it it really makes your body more solid and all these things is still cut oats just it's the same thing as eating whole rice you know you don't you don't want to eat the quick instant rice because it's already been processed so you want your body to mill it you want your body to process it you want you know your body does that just like if the plant has to do that the plant becomes you know the flavor is deeper and more robust and you know the plant's healthier and happier and it's you know it's in my opinion if you have the ability the space whatever Learn to put your plant in a big enough pot. Good, healthy soil. Make sure it has enough soil. That's so much better than feeding it. And some people say, oh, well, that's just because, you know, you don't want to have to fuck with it. No, I don't. And, you know, why? Why would why would I want to have to figure out, oh, my plant needs this or my plant needs that or whatever. And by the time you've noticed your plant needs something, your plant already has suffered something. It's already suffered a loss. You're trying to catch back up. Exactly. Well, and obviously hydro, you know, you can do that, but soil, not so much. Yeah, it's, it's a pain in the ass in soil. <laughs> a big enough pot. Make sure your plant doesn't run out of food in the first place. If you need to feed, often when I put a plant into flower, I put soil, more fresh soil on the top. If I haven't just put the, you know, if often I'll try to put the plant in the, you know, transplant for the, in the big pot 
within a week, you know, let it get settled. We water it real good. Sometimes after a good watering, when you first put it in fresh soil, that much fresh soil, it takes close to a week, you know, for it to need to be watered again, because you have to water it so thoroughly because the soil is fresh. Um, so by the time the plant needs to be watered again, I usually move it into flower. But if I've had the plant in, you know, that pot longer so it can grow bigger, whatever, you know, plant lights are higher, you know, more room, whatever. You want to grow, grow the plant bigger, you wait, you know, as long as you can, put it in the tent. And then you top dress before you put it into the flower room. And then your plant, you know, you're not, you're giving it all that fresh soil again. So that definitely helps out because, you know, it compacts some while you're watering over time if you've had to leave it in there for a bit. I mean, sometimes you do have to feed. If you have to feed, you have to feed, but it's best to do in a bigger pot if you can. It's fantastic advice. I wish more people would listen to it. And I just, I kind of pull my hair out a little bit because I keep hearing people say, oh, I put uh, kind of all their hopes and dreams, I guess, basically in the end of the DM, if I'm going to be sarcastic a little bit, basically they put all their hopes and dreams in a one gallon pot. Yeah, they're complaining to me about a, a plant that is uh, hungry and it's got deficiencies and it's got this leaf and it's grouping and such and such. And then they tell me it's in a one gallon pot. And I think to myself, did you think about up potting it? Like I've said a thousand million times, like I won't even flower anything in less than a seven gallon pot. I don't care how small the plant is. Like if it was this tall, I would still flower in a seven gallon pot. And people will put like an eight foot bush in a one gallon pot. And I think to myself, why are you doing this to yourself? But you know, and well, not only that, it's you know, it tips over awfully easy, but yes. and you have to water it nonstop. I mean, like you would be watering that plant twice, twice a day if you know the bigger it gets. Um, yes. my plants, like if I'm starting from seed, um, I usually can't leave them in a one gallon pit pot long enough for them to um be sexed if I'm growing regular seed, um, which is about six weeks. So, I would prefer to maybe start them in, in the solo pot or in the solo cup because what I've found. Cause I don't want to go from a one to a two, you know, just, just for that extra week or two to find out if it's a male or a female. So, you know, and if you plan to put a seed directly in a two gallon pot, it, it's a little slow. It doesn't, it doesn't grow quite as quick as it would if you put it in a solo cup to start out with. It most definitely will grow much quicker in a solo cup. So, you, you know, but you do have to end up going into a two op often um, to find out if it's a male or a female. So, um, one gallon just isn't it's, it only lasts for about four or five weeks by the time you get to in that sixth week your plants kind of turning yellow it's getting a little mad the leaves are getting a little thick you know so and when you're running from you know you're getting ready to flower that plant that's something you want to keep all of the all of the times that you forget to water it, every time that it runs out of food it, it you know it suffers starts to yellow starts to wilt you you've just suffered on the health a little bit of that plant I think four four or five weeks out of a one gallon is absolutely amazing. So like you're running like like some people are getting what three four weeks maybe two weeks in a one gallon and they're already hungry. And if you're trying to cross the ocean but you only got two thirds of the way, that's not like out of boy. It's like you still kind of didn't get there. I just keep my autos in one gallons <laughs> in the well, side of the veg tent. By the time you're at four weeks in that plant, you're watering it. You're watering it four cups every every third day that's is, is what it usually needs you can get away sometimes leaving a mom in it a little longer because you cut it back more and then it, you know it stunts it for you know three or four days it doesn't it doesn't you know thrive or move it just kind of sits there for a few days so you know you, you can get away with it for a little bit longer if it's a mom but you know you, you don't want to do that with something you're getting ready to put in flower and with a mom you know 
sometimes I've let it get, you know, I, I take the clones and then the mom's like, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit for the clones, 10 days, whatever, for a clone to root. And mom starts looking, you know, in that meantime, she starts getting a little upset. You know, I might give her some food, whatever. Because, you know, I, I keep them around and make, to make sure I have my clones rooted again. So we don't lose moms. Don't want to do that. How do you, how do you pick moms, by the way? So let's say uh, that was one of the things that drew me to, uh, PGA genetics uh, uh, way back when is that basically you guys guarantee a keeper in every five pack, not even a 10 pack, but a keeper in every five pack. Uh, how do people find that keeper? Like if you with, with now Ms. Jill genetics or PGA genetics, how do they find a keeper in that pack of uh, vortex F2 or whatever you're going to create in a few months that, that everyone's looking forward to, or, or any of the strains you have now, how do they find a, a keeper? Well, just like I was saying earlier, you know, it starts a veg, um, you know, how how close is the inner node spacing? Uh, how sturdy are the branches? Don't want them quite too, you don't want them overly sturdy, but you want nice sturdy branches. How how thick is the Mary stem? You know, how how quick does it grow? You know, all of those things. Does it have any um, deformities? Does it, you know, some plants will self-top, some plants will, you know, you, you want to look at all of these different things, you know, watch it when it flowers, you want to see does, how much how much support does it need and you want to mark it down compared to all of the other ones even, you know even if you have four of them this one does this this one does that and, you know do you have one that overall is great or you want to maybe give up a little of this to have a little more of this you know you want to keep notes of all of that that's mm -hmm. that's a big thing for sure and just you know each for each person it's going to be a little bit different right you know, yeah some people might different want the plant that stays really short they might find a mutant short one and that's the one they pick i was just gonna say with mutants i think uh i think cascadian might still be in the chat cascadian has always talked about finding the kind of outliers and a lot of times that becomes basically the, the mutant, often has right? nice the, something strange do you, do you often look for that kind of that oh that's different that plant well sometimes you know sometimes like this we had uh, tiny bomb sometimes you get the plant that's a little bit smaller doesn't produce as much and that would be a plant that you would want more for the home grower medical grower but it produces amazing just resinous sticky buds but you don't get quite as big of a yield or the buds are a little on the smaller side you know that that's going to be for the connoisseur the the person that's growing to you know put a price tag on it they're not going to want that you know and, and let me also throw in you know it, it does go past even the flower you know, I was, we were talking about what kind of smoke, flavor, what does it do for you, all those things. How hard is it to trim? Trimming freaking sucks. I mean, come on. I mean, some plants are so easy. You know, just whack off a few leaves, you're done. Some of them are just murderous. So, you know, you have to keep those things in mind as well, especially as you get older and you can't see as well, you know, those kinds of things. Hands get arthritis, whatever. Yeah, I... Uh... I think if you find the right scissors, I like trimming. I've always liked Probably. trimming because it, it oh, means you're gonna, it means you're getting, you're, you're, you work so hard to finally get to that point. And like once you're, tr like I, I trim, I dry trim always. I don't wet trim ever. Um, and like by the time I'm dry trimming and like putting it into jars, I could take a little bit and smoke a little bit and then it's curing and then it's just getting better and it's just making me happy. It's always been the best part about growing for me. Is the, fine, babe. What if you had five pounds every month and smashed? It's a little bit different. Well, I mean, some of my outdoor grows are pretty big. So do you want to trim five pounds? 50 pounds a month. 50 pounds yeah. a month, something. Yeah, DK's like, yeah, oh, maybe, maybe, it's easier maybe to I haven't gone through it now. make life better. Yeah. I hate trimming. <laughs> 
slow. Maybe I'm I haven't there. gone through enough. My looks great when I turn it. I'm so slow. It's an OCD thing. I, I'm better at managing the grow and right. things. It's meditating. Yeah, I mean, I, Spanish, I can I can appreciate that perspective because there is something very kind of contemplative of just kind of you know the hands are kind of people always talking about there's not enough kind of handcraft in life and anyone who takes up like model trains or just any kind of handwork a lot of times is really fulfilled by that so I can I can dig that but I mean like on some level if you've done a little bit of trimming in your life like Miss Jill's done a little bit of fucking trimming in her life more than a goddamn little bit she's already done that basically she's up to here basically on that freaking that, pers- that particular desire and she also would like to prioritize her life maybe for something else right now at least that's that's how I kind of would interpret it that's that's my perspective. I feel you guys I get it I- I get bored of it sometimes. Like, I'm not going to say sometimes it doesn't get boring and you're like, fuck, I wish this was over. But uh, I'm always happy at first. <laughs> oh, yeah. The first the first 48 hours or 72 hours, I, you know. Yeah, you're like, yay. And then by you're day like, fuck. I'm like, oh, God, this sucks. Oh, did I just talk over you, Wes? You go ahead. Uh, don't worry about it. I just said four hours in. I'm like, fuck this. And four hours in, you're like, oh, this yeah. was a nice experience. Yeah, well, yeah. you have to, so you have to kind of remember that, you know, the ultimate goal is to sell a lot of seeds and to sell a lot of seeds to a big company or fields eventually, you know, these people are going to want trimmable, easy trimmable weed or non-trimmable weed maybe in the future. They're not even going to need to have trimmed weed. So, you know, that's something that, that they have to think about, I think, as breeders. Yes. No, I mean, it's not hard to imagine uh, plants that basically only have mainly a couple of fan leaves instead of a bunch of sugar leaves like uh, Smash, you're always talking about. Somebody here on the show is always talking about Blue Dream. Anyway, somebody's always talking about Blue Dream. That, that one's kind of famous for having a lot of sugar leaves, which means a lot of hash if you trim it off but that's a lot of fucking trimming. Uh, whereas, for example, Queen Anne's Revenge, at least the one I had, Team Turk, uh, team, well, there's a bunch of different phenotypes out there, of course. But that was one that basically had fe- uh, fan leaves, and then when they dry, you knock them off and you have buds. So you can, on some level, crack the buds off and you're good to go. And I mean, with maybe a little bit of extra trimming and you're good to go. So it's not hard to imagine, like, a few years from now, something like that, like big old fat honking golf ball nugs with fan leaves that dry off. You know what I mean? Like, how cool would that be? I mean, I will say, I'm the only one that plays with autoflowers on this panel, Miss Jill. So I, I'm the only one like in there. Yeah. So like some of the autoflowers nowadays barely trim anything. I just literally let it grow, and then you cut a couple leaves off, and you're good to go. <laughs> some of them do look a little ridiculous, yeah. And then here's the thing about that: if you are growing on a square footage, or you don't, it doesn't matter. You don't have a plant count. Um, if you, what I found is if you take a, a clone and you stick it into a two gallon pot and, and you give it just about time to it for it to, you know, root, like get in maybe like five days, three to five days, something like that. Um, and then you put it into flour, maybe up to seven days, you put it into flour, you'll get about two ounces from it, give or take, you know, two, two and a half or ounce and a half to two and a half, somewhere in there. And you put, you put no veg time into it. And the thing about that, you do just knock off a couple of fan leaves. Because um, you know it grows all the leaves while it's in the in the veg vegetative period, so it just grows buds when it's in flower. So you know if you're if you're able to not grow a huge plant, you know if you if you're able to have a square footage thing, it's it's 
I think it's easier to, to grow them and just to, you know, drop them in two gallon, you know, freshly rooted and go. I drop a lot of fan. I've always trimmed off a lot of fan leaves too. Like not late, late flower, but um, I give a heavy trim. I've always given a heavy trim, probably like two weeks into flower. I'd cut a couple of like, I'll do a nice trim. So like a lot more sites are like, because I used to have to sit in a small tent. Everybody, everybody that I've ever talked to said that Miss Jill is like the grower's grower. So this is this is one we've kind of bullshitted like uh, monkeys with sticks and stuff trying to you know diagnose your grow. Like uh, maybe ask her now or even show your grow if you'd like to. Like uh, ask her about that because we've kind of said like maybe smash your you know maybe arguably trimming off too many fan leaves or whatever else, but perhaps she'll have a different different story. You don't I'll have to do that at all. Obviously, but I, I, I was thinking that'd be about like. Uh, you're gonna you put me on the spot like, like no, man, I don't want to look at my garden all right never mind we can change the subject we can do something else I'll go get a plant and like what I one of the ones I'm just like all right so what happened is I switched up so I went from gorilla growing outdoors for a long time into a room that I stayed in and I was a little small so I got a five by five and then I tried two tents and I got all this at once and I put it downstairs and it was in a different environment and everything. And I just screwed up like two grows. So I'm still dealing with that. And I finally got out of that funk. So the Afghani in there is doing amazing. They're actually doing a lot better. Uh, I guess I was going with that. Like, um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I was trying to figure out like just kind of the schedule of like uh, fan leaf trimming. People used to talk about it all the time. I feel like, I don't know, somehow it hasn't, people don't talk about it anymore. And yet I see people making the same kind of like, it's not like the problem was solved. Like, I feel like people kind of solved it the wrong way. Like on some level, I see people over trimming stuff, especially with organics. And basically the plants are super small and kind of scraggly. I don't know. Are you guys yeah. looking at that? Or oh yeah. Think- and there's, there's, uh, there's shade leaves and there's sun leaves. And right. if you trim away too many of the leaves, uh, say all your sun leaves, which are the ones that grew right up top, that are taking all the heavy light. Well then A, your, your shade leaves are not going to be very happy. And they're not, uh, they're not designed to work most efficiently in that sense. And then vice versa, if you trim all the shade leaves off and you get rid of all of them, they don't grow back from my understanding. And again, I would love to have someone like say 710 jump on and uh, come give us the full rundown, but that's kind of my uh, hitting rocks with sticks rundown on it. So there are a few reasons to be maybe a little hesitant with the, the overly crazy strip downs. <clears throat> and again, high CO2 is a big... Uh, big factor in some of these some of these setups for people that do vicious vicious stripping high co2 proper vpd and like a like a, a laced up system like you've got all your variables locked down and now you're able to really start working on vpd and cranking your co2 levels but that's just my input what do you think about that Ms. jill because we we see that a lot just to kind of i don't know looking i don't know like sometimes people come on the grower or come on the show or something show us their experiment whatever and i'll see that kind of over chopping basically of of leaves no, like they're kind of emulating the the what is it the uh, miami mango i think is the guy but that's that's commercial style right that's commercial synthetic style and they'll kind of emulate that because they see these crazy grows and they'll try to do that in their their environment that just seems wrong to me somehow i i don't i don't ever do that i, I the only time i remove the, my, my shade leaves my fan leaves is um if they're if they're sitting right on top of a bed and they you know the bed's starting to get all sticky and beautiful i'm like oh i don't want you sitting on there and i'll, I'll chop it off you know because i don't want it rubbing on the resin or whatever but no I, I i selectively take a few off here and there i don't want to do that to my plant i want my plant to look beautiful still 
I don't want to piss her off. I don't want, you know, that's mean. I don't want to do that. And I, I don't know. I've, I've never had to do that. Just never found a need to do that. My, you know, I was producing on, on, a, on a um, high pressure sodium. I was growing um, four plants and I'd, I'd say they were coming in about five and a half, six foot tall. Some are six, maybe six and a half at the highest. And so it's so four plants and I'm, I was pulling about between two and two and a half pounds every, you know, every three weeks. Cause I had a four light room at the time. And so I was rotating them and that's, you know, I was, I was pushing production, you know, more at that time because I was, I had the dispensaries I was selling to. So, um, that's, that's what I would expect to get. And I never strip, I've never stripped leaves other than selectively. Um, but what I do is I don't necessarily tape, take a tape measure, but basically you take a tape measure from your light and go down, you know, a, um, a high pressure sodium, they say five foot. I, I go about between four, four and four and a half foot and anything really below that, you know, you know how far you have it from the light and anything below that, I just trim it all off. Mm. So I, I don't, I don't want any of the fluff because like I said, I hate trimming. And before, you know, we, I was, when I was pulling down that much, you know, so often I'd, I'd let somebody else trim because I was also producing seeds at the same time in, in another area. Um, so, and I, I cut off all of the little suckers that might be coming up, you know, for branches, you might have the little suckers close to the stems down closer towards the bottom. They don't get light. There's little scraggly things, trim those off. You don't want those on there, but you know, you leave everything that's going to have weight, but you know, don't, don't necessarily trim off all the leaves either trim off the branches that are uh, I, I love that perspective and yeah why like why have all that larfy trim on the bottom i was going to say uh do you still grow with uh, hbs or have you moved on to, to some different yeah, technology or what because it worked yep huh. um and and when i with my style of growing i top them once and um usually that gives me four good tops so that's that's how i've always grown that's how sub grew and you know that's a flower in a, a ten-gallon pot, and um, currently I, I put it in closer to flower just because I don't have as much floor space. So I'll put it in closer to flower, and I don't have as much much height room. So I'm finishing right at about five foot on on my plants now, a little shorter. Uh, good, maybe segue to to welcome uh, seven ten. Um, I've always grown well. I don't. I can't say always. For a while now, at least, I've grown that way. Basically, that I've always taught plants for me because I grow indoors. I had no interest to see what they looked like as a bean pole. So I basically didn't want to even know what the apical top would look like because it just it would never affect my life. Because if I grew it once, that would be the only time that I would ever see that top. And then, like you say, this the second time I grow it as a clone, it would be different. So like in my grow, I would always, always top plants because I would say like, I just, I need more square space as opposed to in the, you know, outdoors in the sun. Maybe I could have that apical top and, and enjoy to see what the morphology is, whatever else. I just, it didn't make any sense. I topped it, let it grow, let it keep going. Coot, on the other hand, Clackamas Coot has said that that's the brain of the plant. You're setting the plant back. You're potentially causing herm problems in some uh, herm uh, herm stress prone uh, 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 cultivars by basically topping them, inducing some kind of stress. You could even be, uh, be creating an injury if you do it wrong. Like there's a bunch of, you know, playing, I guess, devil's advocate or coots advocate, maybe uh, you're doing a bunch of unnecessary harm to the plant that you could avoid even just by turning it over, bending it over, snapping it over or um, something else. I don't know. Dude, I've always topped it. 710 though, welcome. 
congrats on the freaking graduation. Like, what's the expert opinion now that you are the expert Some... degreed freaking? Uh, yeah, and dude. Tell, tell us about those degrees, please. What did you? What did I, you? Get? Right? I'm not an expert, guys. I'm just uh, I'm just a guy that went to school. Not an expert. Um, we got we got an expert oh, here, Miss Jill. She's she's an expert. Um, yeah. Cheers, guys. I just yeah, just got the word today that my degree is done and I'm good to go. Congratulations. Cheers. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, as uh, what I, I wanted to say is, with my clones, I top them, but um, with my seedlings, I do like to leave them untopped. I I do like mm-hmm. to. My, I have some that I have just went into flower mage and orange, and they're 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 untopped. And you like, want to see that top? You want to see what it looks like? I, or with the seedling, I like to do that because it is in touch with the with earth. With you know, it has more of a brain, like I was saying earlier, because it has a tap root. Once it's cloned, it's not the same thing anymore. There's truth in it. Everything that we do is a compromise. I feel like, and you just kind of compromise to to do it some other way. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's not right. Uh, where was I going to say, I guess I kind of lost my train of thought. Uh, there was a good question here, though, thanks to Grow420. I don't have to sit here and babble about my own random questions. I can basically come up with two questions, actually, somewhat related. The first one is, um, uh, Ms. Jill, uh, could you tell uh, Grow420 about cherrygasm? And I guess that follows into, uh, he's growing it at the moment. Uh I guess that's that's the first part because the second part is uh, how you feel about growing or using older genes for breeding with, which I think is, by the way, its own interesting question. Um, can you tell him anything about cherrygasm? Do you know anything about it? Yeah, cherrygasm is cherry pio G crossed with um, uh, space queen space dude, um, which is cherry phenotype of um, space queen. Space queen is kind of pretty much cherry, but uh, this one's very cherry. So uh, yeah, that's why it was. It was something Subcool had made. He named it uh, Cherrygasm. So um, I've so. smoked it. It's so delightful. Yeah, it's very delightful. Lucky Is it one it. of the most like? What's the one of the most like popular? What's one of the most like quoted strains? Like you've been worldwide. Like if somebody like a Grow Four Twenty is not from the U.S., I guess I won't shout out. I don't know how how legal it is right at the moment. So uh, overseas, we'll just say, uh, if you go to I don't know somewhere on vacation, someone says, "Oh my God, TJA or something." Do they come up with a name like Cherrygasm or Chernobyl or something else? Did we just lose your sound? Oh, Quirkle. Oh, Quirkle. Right Quirkle. And, and uh, Chernobyl. Right on. Definitely. Chernobyl. And Jack the Ripper, Jelly Bean. Right. I personally love all the Jack. Well, gosh, I love uh, these days. I don't know. Um, I've been growing. This actually segues maybe into the second uh, uh, question. Frankly, uh, there's there's no getting around it. A lot of people basically grow older genetics, and then of course some people basically want to keep working with those genetics in the future. I've had this problem with a friend of mine also, where uh, I'll just say it basically the Ruby Jack. He kind of wants to keep working on his Ruby Jack, and here's me already working on some other part of the Ruby Jack. I know in the back of his mind he's like, well, fuck, couldn't you find something else? You know, he'll be surprised pleasantly in the future. But I guess what I, what I mean to say by that is, like, how do you feel about that kind of, I don't know, somebody kind of borrowing your work? Is it a good thing, a bad thing? Is it indifferent? Is it like, oh, my gosh, this is what I wanted them to do? Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, um, if, if, they, if they purchase seeds and they grow them out and they take it and they make a cross, a brand new cross with it, that's fantastic you know they're there the seeds that belong to the person who who purchases them um 
I, I wouldn't appreciate somebody doing, you know, selling F2s or, you know, exact duplicates of something that I have already. That would be rude. But if they're going and they're making their very own stuff, crossing it with something else from somebody else or whatever, it, that's fine. That's great. Um, what I don't like is when some large companies, you know, might decide, you know, hey, I'm going to buy this big bucket full of seeds, you know, they're generic, whatever. Don't know what they are, but oh, you know, I think Agent Orange is a really good selling strain, and I think Nate Nine Pound Hammer is a really good selling strain. So I'm going to put these generic seeds into these packs, and I'm going to sell them as these strains. You know, I, I don't like it when people do that. That pisses me off. That's wrong. It's a very refreshing perspective because honestly, it accounts for the fact that you guys are seed breeders. Like the seeds came from somewhere, and they had to go somewhere. You had to give them to someone in life for them to grow them. And then like, how are you going to basically tell them what they're going to do with it? It's like mm -hmm. giving someone a gift. You have to be prepared for the fact that they'll give that gift to someone else or they might mm -hmm. not like the gift and they might return it to the store. I mean, like you gave them a gift you, that you abandoned all like pretense to that thing. Now. Course, I, mean? yeah. I feel like on some level you have to do the same thing. You can get a little chip on your shoulder, maybe privately, but I feel like on some level, like if you release seeds, like you, spread genetics to the world i don't know there's it's it's a it's a weird one i don't know it's 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 one of these things like i i understand every time someone does have a kind of a chip on their shoulder i get their point but i also also don't get their point you know what i'm like that's the whole point they're plants they should grow you know what i mean like who keeps track of each individual tomato seed and do they give the credit to the guy like no man they don't do that but mm -hmm. uh, yeah no, the, the seeds are theirs to do it with whatever they want that you know happy for them to use the name of that strain, you know, in, in the cross, you know, mention it as, as part of the cross, use it and part, use part of it as part of the name, whatever, things like that. That's normal. That's, that's good. Um, like I said, just as, as long as they're not lying about, you know, what it is or making something up, trying to be deceitful or trying to purposely uh, cut me out or cut me, you know, step over me trying to, you know, create the exact same thing, duplicates of it. That, that's not right because that that would be an intellectual property violation you know that if you're 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 writing on something that i've worked on for 20 years oh you're going to sell something and call it um agent orange no you, that's not okay right and having got it from you that's the thing <laughs> exactly and it's completely generic not even what it says it is that that's completely wrong no even, i like even, that perspective go ahead thank Oh, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, segueing into something else, maybe. Have you had like, um, have you lost a strain or a cut, or maybe a cultivar? Like uh, a lot of times on the show we bring up, like I, I have this Ruby Jack that I talk about, Ruby Jack number three for me. It was this plant that I basically lost. I got rusted bites and it's, oh my God, it was just the end of the, oh my God, it was terrible. Uh, or was that the root aphids? In one calendar year, I got <laughs> rusted bites and root aphids. It was the worst growing year. Uh, but anyway, uh, have you ever lost like cultivars that you kind of still think about maybe until this day? Yes, a lot of them in the fire in California. Oh, I imagine. A lot of them. Some of them have been replaced, you know, or something close to, but yeah, I, I definitely miss them. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I remade the flave and I had used a peach romulan that I got from um, Radio Ridge Nursery and in replace of the romulan. But I, I just spoke to a friend, you know, that had given us the Romulan originally. His name is Jim777. Um, he was a friend of Sub and I from way back, you know, way, way, way back before we, you know, were really well known before he'd even written the Dank book. And um, he actually still has that Romulan. So I'm actually considering um, 
making the flavor with the original Romulan. I'm not 100% sure if I did, I don't, you know, it won't need to go through the testing process or anything of that sort, but I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, just switching over to the new one. I haven't quite made that uh, decision yet, but, you know, for people listening that are, you know, into the main Romulan, I'd love to hear what you think about that. If I should switch it back to the original, if you've grown the, the new one with the peach Romulan, if I should keep it, uh, maybe I should have both of them. I, I don't know. Um, I'd love to hear what people think. Some feedback, please. I love that. Honestly, like uh, Wesson's in here uh, has started to coin this show the most interactive show in cannabis. So I love that Ms. Jill is now the most interactive breeder in cannabis. Uh, you'd like to know. And I, I think that's a great question. Like, how do I put this? Uh, you can get stuck down any number of rabbit holes and then breeding. Like I've already I'm, I've just started breeding, like just, just, just started. Right. I haven't been doing it for years and years and years. <laughs> I've already realized that you can get yourself down rabbit holes that at the end of it, maybe you'll be the only one that likes it. Oh, yeah. I started to realize, like, oh, this male, that male, that male, they're all three different. And it's like three fates or something, or maybe three different pathways. Like, I don't know where that's going to lead. And I'm not going to know until several months from now. You know what I mean? And, you know, and people like to send me messages and say, oh, I think you should do this, cross this and this together. And I'm like, well, you know, and then I have to do all a whole room, a whole run right. of just that. I, I have to figure out something else that those two are going to go with, one of those two, you know, whatever. So it's, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's and it's something you plan out for months and months in advance. No, I, I really like that perspective. Go ahead, dude. Oh, I thought you were talking. Oh, oh I'm me? sorry. I thought Smash was talking. Uh, no, I, I love this perspective. You're kind of uh, asking for opinions. I don't know, like um, there's there's too much of the kind of the secret hype. I mean, I don't know. Maybe people want to build hype with secrecy and everything else. But honestly, like I think a lot of people would like to just know what they're. I don't know what's the opposite of fan. They would like to know what the people that they're fans of, well, that's the awkward, most awkward sentence on the freaking show, but whatever. They'd like to know what the people they like are doing, I think. You know, I that's like why they follow Twitter and everything else. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I like, I'm very simple and I like to be very open about my, um, my genetics and what I'm growing for. Um, obviously, I'm just more, a little more private about my private life, but as far as, as what I'm doing, what I'm giving to people, you know, presenting to people, I'm very open about it. I don't think that's an unhealthy perspective either. Like uh, there's been a lot of, I don't know, kind of laundry, private laundry or whatever in the cannabis industry. I don't, I don't know that any of that really belongs there. You know what I mean? Like does that help the cannabis? Does that help the seeds? Does that help the, the plants that you grow that you know who's married to whom, when, and what? Like I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff really. Exactly. I, don't know. I don't know that that's ever helped me. West Engine, you've grown a lot of seeds in your life. Like, has it ever helped you to know like – is this person currently in the divorce process? Are they divorced? Mm, they no, no, no. Did or not? Have they seen to know if uh, they started with good genetics? Right? <laughs> Isn't this cannabis good? Yes, yep. no. Move on. What a refreshing perspective. So, uh, can, I, can I change the subject and ask a question? I forgot no, to never. ask. No, never. We're only trying to bullshit here, Tara. That's all. No, please do. Um, do, any chocolate terpenes, anything that you've ever run across? I've heard people find chocolate. Um, Mindo Perps, actually. Um, I've, I've received her from uh, CSI Humboldt. It's, it's his, uh, the clone he has of, of Mindo Perps. And uh, she's an S1. But um, no, actually, I'm sorry. I think I, I believe I have their regular. What he was telling me is it, when he made an S1 of it, the different phenotypes, because with, with the Mindo Perps, it's you can pull coffee, you can pull chocolate, you can pull licorice, 
you know, you can pull a combination, but with the S1, you can actually pull each one of those as individual flavors. So that, that's actually something very interesting. So yes, um, that is the only uh, chocolate flavored strain I have run across. Very cool. And then any, like, have you come across any um, secrets maybe you might want to share in uh, curing? A lot of people have curing questions. Um, cool, dark, slow. You want to go slow, but you, you want to keep it cool. You want to keep it dark. You want to, you know, keep your temperatures down, you know, the lower, better, you know, upper 50, lower 60s would be great. I mean, if, if, you, have, if you have no choice, at least try to keep it under, uh, you know, under 65, under 66, something like that. If, you know, you get up too high, it's going to dry too quick. You don't want to have air blowing directly on it, but you do want to have some sort of circulation. Um, just not enough air movement that's going to dry it too much itself. Thank you. I like, the, I like the slow dry. That's the best By way. The way I've always the, I just talked right over you, Smash. Sorry about that. I was just saying, I, was I love questions, and I just did it again. Fucking delay. Go for it. Talk. I was just gonna say, I love the slow dry. I've seen. I've come to the point where my stuff's stable enough where I dry that I could like cure in there <laughs> if I really wanted to. I could just hang for three, four weeks if I really needed to, and. I've hung things for three weeks, slow and slow, 60, 60 degrees, right around 55% humidity at all times. A little low, but I like it there. And it stays for two, three weeks. I've said this before that uh, I think in the future people will have um, like dedicated kind of humidors. Uh, that's not how I started my name, but right. you know, like people will probably have dedicated weed humidors, basically, just like they have for cigars. Uh, I don't know what the material will be made of. Probably not Spanish cedar because that actually imparts like a flavor that's kind of intentional. But uh, how do I put it? Like they actually want the cigars to kind of, um, they go through a little bit of an aging process. You know what I mean? Like when they, when they sit there in that kind of perfect environment, they don't just sit there in stasis like a bottle of whiskey or something. They just, they change over time a little bit. And for the real cigar heads, they actually like that. And each, each cigar head has like a different humidor and the super fancy ones but they have the walk-in rooms and each walk-in room is different oh my god that's fancy on another level but i guess what i'm talking about is there's no reason i think why it has to be cured in glass jars you know right now that's the best method for a lot of people but i think honestly like hang drying it or hang curing it or room curing it or whatever else probably will work really really well i've done some long-term hangs like that like you say like in the winter time when the temperatures are perfect when the, right. the humidity is perfect, and I just leave it there and just leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. And then just chop it off and it's just ready. You know what I mean? Like it's just ready. But that's kind of rare. Ms. Jill, do you agree? Yeah, that would that's perfect. Would you build like um, I don't know, in your perfect kind of because uh, I you know, I know you're a weed connoisseur, uh, would you build like a weed? humidification room or a weed humidor or something for yourself like would you would you be interested in something like that Absolutely. Hmm. you're seeing people use more and more devices to dry that are saying they're not bad you know the actual you can have a beautiful yeah, weird on the other end sorry i talked over you go ahead sorry you can have a beautiful grow and beautiful plants i mean just like a plus and totally fuck it up in the drying process totally fuck it up like you can go from from a level 10 level 12 all the way down to a level two or three yeah you have the hay hay take it all the way down to mids <laughs> terrible over dried hay 
Yep. Oh, and it's just heartbreaking <laughs> too. You crack that or mold. Oh, yeah, with a touch of mold. Right. <laughs> the little uh yeah, oh, sprinkle of yeah. Have you ever had the perfect looking bud and then you crack it open to smoke it? Just the little tiny orange mushrooms. That happened a couple of times. I was so I was so pissed off. I buried the bud in a, in a pile of dirt. I was like at somebody's house. I didn't want anyone to see it. Just like I don't know how I did it. I probably just like I put the jar. I put probably put the weed in the jar too wet. Probably what it was. Could have been. Step number one. I was thinking you might have the, mushrooms the in the room and they like spore. It's not a chanterelle mushroom. It was like a tiny little spore. Um, oh, I feel like I've seen them before. Um, I don't know the name. I guess we can change the subject. Little tiny, they have like a, just a little stick with a little tiny orange head. And I think no. you get it basically from having like wet weed. Maybe I'm cursed. Maybe my uh, aliens are my years and years ago. Uh, or from so everyone's everyone's judging me. One uh, one tip I wanted to talk about on the uh, on the curing and everything, uh, just the drying aspect. That the, the the first part of it is is so key. Um, one of my one of my homies, uh, great white butt. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, what he does is he he sets the room to fifty percent humidity for the first like day or two, and then he kicks it back up to sixty. I believe it's 60 maybe it's 57 but um you get like a just, shell, right? yeah and then it kind of sweats out right like there, it's not like pulling all of it out but you get that shell and then everything sweats out it's it's enough to to get rid of that worrisome level where you can start building any sort of of badness to keep it layman but then it's also just high enough that you don't really sacrifice those terpenes and you kick it right back up and you really get that nice slow cure. We've recently just been tearing myself having to do the exact same thing uh, and going down that kind of style. And it makes sense. It doesn't kill the terps. It keeps it nice. And uh, I mean, right since back. I've, since I've started doing this, I've, I mean, the smoke, even, even unflushed stuff has just been so much better. So yeah, the seeded stuff, I should say. <laughs> I was just going to say, she might be getting eaten by mosquitoes. <laughs> oh, that's true, right? Yeah. Her, her background's oh, yeah. changed and it's yeah, beautiful. And she's, her background's it's been beautiful. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, no, it's the uh, the light and dark. But on that subject, actually, uh, she's given us a, a beautifully long interview, so she's, she's absolutely welcome to, yeah. to, I guess she's off uh, uh, doing something she else. She said but. she'll be right back. But, you know, hey, hello, everybody in chat. Why don't you talk to chat for a minute there, Fumidor? Say hello. Uh, no, man. Well, let's ignore them. Let's uh, people like Super <laughs> Grape, uh, Stony Rockefeller. By the way, so, oh, I should say say what Stony Rockefeller is smoking until she gets back. Uh, oh, Brian's in the chat. What's up, dude? Uh, oh, elevated. Welcome. Jay Allen in the chat. I just noticed your name. Welcome, dude. Welcome. Uh, he has a countertop where he lets shake accumulate and scrapes it up. The best. So uh, Jay Allen has basically just discovered dry sift. I love when you basically find somebody who's just discovered something that everyone else has discovered, but they have to discover it first because it's kind of an unusual thing. Like dry sift is, I mean, it's really expensive and nerdy. It's like like probably the nerdiest of the nerdy. It's like I don't know. Seven ten. Would you would you describe dry sift as like the nerdiest possible hack? It's like the caviar. It takes so much product to make so little. Yeah. And at, at the very end, you just, you don't want to give it away. You don't want to, you don't want to share it. It's, it's just that stuff that sits in a jar, unless you're getting like a couple hundred bucks a gram. Guess it's who just, has it? Growers. Yep, exactly. 
that's and that's the thing like like dk420 says it's that's the growers it's the it's the caviar you know it's the it's the thing that only the grower gets unless they're willing to let it out <laughs> yeah there you go tara what's that tara is that some dressing? Mm -hmm. looks like some hash looks great uh, Tara only smokes hash. I was going to ask uh, Ms. Jill earlier, by the way, what her position on uh, hash is. Ms. Tara's over here like, oh, I don't like flour. It's uh, too coffee or I don't know. Well, it's that's just a good question. Terpy. It's too terpy. Like, uh, she's like, no, um, I can't feel the turpitude or something. I don't know. I'm making fun of her. I, I will smoke um, solventless bubble hash. It's my favorite, you know, full melt. I'll smoke that. Um, I will smoke um, rosin. It's, you know, bubble hash is above that. Um, I won't smoke anything that's, you know, made with solvents. I mean, I, I have, obviously. God damn it. Now I you feel know, bad. Possibly in a public setting, you know, or with a well, I might. I have a dab rig and I haven't touched it myself in a year. Um, it's for other people. It's set up sitting there for other people. I rinse it out every once in a while. <laughs> it's just, it's there. And um, I still have some hash from like 2019 Emerald Cup. Ooh. 2017, 2016, 2000. No, oh, I'm sorry. Let me go back. 2018. I know. I actually have a pretty good. Well, another friend on another podcast. He swears by aging his um, trim bin hash, and he's like, "I have stuff from 2018," and he gave it to a couple of his um, podcast friends and stuff, and they were like, "Dude, it hits me like a fucking truck." Oh, <laughs> fridge. Maybe it's you know. I would think that it would probably. Um, Oh, the, the cold would eventually like kill the terpenes or you know kill the kill the THC. I don't know. I haven't smoked it for so long. It's actually some fields. It's the um, strawberry banana uh, Skittles, I think. Strawberry banana. I need to start. Like I have the bags to make ice hash and stuff. And I would love to get the stuff to do like dry stuff, but it just like I don't know. Just extra work, and I usually make my stuff into edibles or coconut oil or topicals or alcohol extraction for our oh, RHO. Enjoy if you're into that meditative. <laughs> well, but actually, RSO. Uh, with that whole meditation aspect of like trimming, honestly, the 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 meditative aspect of like dry sifting because you kind of shake. There's a couple different ways to do it. You know, you can kind of bounce the nugs on the screen. You can basically. Uh, sift the things, whatever, it's not really worth going into right now. But all of it basically is this kind of slow contemplative process where you're really just kind of standing there with the weed. Wes Engine, I think you've done some dry sifting, right? I do a little bit of dry sifting, I sure do. Wouldn't you say it's a pretty relaxing experience? Yeah, it is. I, I'm usually, well, I'm usually, I usually just do a bunch of my trimming over it and stack everything on it. And then uh, so every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll make a little a little extra. I'll usually just collect what's there, clean it up, and, and then press that into a nice little two or three gram hash, uh, hash bowl of uh, hash, hash block off of each, uh, each uh, thing. I don't know, a couple of plants. I don't know. Yeah. I don't We're really different. go, go hard at bouncing, the, uh, bouncing them the, that much or make, I just, I just picked them up. Uh, I just picked them up. Uh, I had ordered something from a grocery store online. They didn't have it, and they gave me a they gave me a uh, uh, it in credit. So I just picked some hash greens, and it was actually a great great choice. I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed having. Them. I only I only have a two twenty and a uh, ninety micron, 
but I find such a nice, uh, nice uh, pull off of that 90 micron. It makes really good hash. That's how I made this uh, jelly bean, jelly bean dry hash, uh, dry sift here. Get it open. I think so the I would have to say that it's semi relaxing, except for the fact you have to be in a very cold environment. I don't like to be in a cold environment. And it's not Tara very, knows. You know, Tara knows. <laughs> it is not very fun. Like it is, I I have I have a whole set of screens over there. And I am like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done dry sifting. That's why I have these jars right here. I just did it for a friend. A friend says, Hey, can you brought me all those things? We can you make me some hash. And I'm like, oh sure, I haven't dry sifted for a long time. I'm like, screw this. This is taking way too long. I'm like, I'm going to bubble. So I have a freeze dryer now. That's what I'm doing. Sorry. Didn't mean to go off on that, but Miss Jill's in the dark and she's back, you guys. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate yeah, it. I, I had to go move a sprinkler. It's been a great interview, Miss Jill, by the way. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. But on that note, I do think that I'm going to uh, say goodnight. And, well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, the Smash, yeah. by the way, thank you so much for, for bringing your friend on the show. It's been delightful. Uh, Ms. Jill, how can people find you? Like, uh, I, I don't know, before you leave, you know, instead of answering like silly questions, you know, that we come up with, like, did you have anything that you wanted to tell us or did you have anything you wanted to share or tell us how people can find you or, or anything you'd like to share? Um, I'm just uh, Ms. Jill Grower on Instagram, uh, M-Z-G-R-O-W-E-R-E. R wait grower yeah we can put it in we'll put it in chat too we are anyways yeah and uh there's also uh ms jill genetics mcjill genetics um underscore and uh tga genetics underscore and um so anyways you can find me on instagram i also have a web page that is currently being worked on um it's being moved to a new server and that is, um, you can just as simple as um, Ms. Jill, just mzjill.com. And, or you can type in Ms. Jill Genetics or TGA Genetics, and I'll take you to the same place. Um, also, there's a Ms. Jill Clothing, which you can get to from that site, or you can go to it uh, separately. It's on its own. Way cool. Thank you so awesome. much for coming on. It's been an absolute delight. Welcome back anytime. Thank we'd love you. to have another interview with you. and We'd love to see you again. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having Have a good night. Have a great time. Right. I got to grab a water real quick, so I'll be right back. And if you've been chilling with us, don't forget to change from top chat to live chat if you just joined in, because I've seen a couple haze. That is, can you like a couple times? My, how do I put this? I don't know. Maybe like five times. I've realized at the end of the show that I was stuck on top chat the whole time. I'm so freaking pissed off. I know. I I tried to remind Chad earlier in there. I put it in there. But on that note, y'all, I'm starving. I gotta go get some meat. I've been out in the garden all day and I'm here. But thanks, Fumador. I love that you highlighted Miss Jill tonight, and it was nice meeting her. And it's awesome. I love that you have all these chats and everybody's hanging out. So thanks, everybody. Have an awesome night. Bye. Good one, Tara. Later, Tara. One more uh, Encore. Encore? By the way, D, how's the brain situation? But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brains? 
Uh, <laughs> dude, how often do you get to talk to Ms. Jill? That's awesome. Uh, I met her and Subco one time, but years ago. But I can't remember. I can't imagine that they remember. Actually, I would kind of prefer that they didn't remember because I was just like noob high. I was at the, um, <laughs> I think, either the Emerald Cup or no, it was High Times Cup, but in Santa Rosa. And I was honestly dead ass like noob high. She's like, I knew I knew him somewhere. He was that kid. Yeah, right. So so stone, like. <laughs> Dude, I was so stoned. It was one of the first times, speaking of dabbing, basically, I was pretty new to dabbing. And wouldn't you know it, they had dabs everywhere. So I was dabbing. Gotcha. <laughs> they will catch you. We'll get uh, you. GG4, yeah. what else? Uh, GG4 dabs was the big one. Red Congolese dabs, that was a big one that year. Um, GD4 crosses as far as the eye could see. Uh, Blue Dream crosses still. What else? Lots of dabs. Chance, this whole time you've been waiting to say hello. What's up, dude? Welcome. What'd you say? <laughs> I play, cut, no. got the poor guy out, off uh, freaking uh, off guard. I just say welcome, Cass. What's going on, dude? Hey, what's happening, guys? Hey, dude. What's new? I've uh, been working my butt off with the Death Stroke Cup together. Uh, happy uh, holiday uh, this past weekend to everybody. Right. Good, dude. How's the girl going? It's looking good. I was trying, I wasn't trying to, uh, uh, like, uh, steal the spotlight or anything while Miss Jill was talking. I was just locking up downstairs. I got a Ooh, few of the same, few, few of the genetics uh, from Subcool and Miss Jill's line down there. I got Jack the Ripper down there and Romulan at Peach Fino. Um, and there's some others down there, but yeah, I was just closing up for the night down there. That's cool, dude. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a pretty it's cool. Like only a piece of history, right? Yep. Yeah, it was right. cool to cool to see her talk about like all the different uh, aspects of like her breeding style. Like, what does she look yeah. for? Uh, I thought that was really cool. You know. Yeah, we didn't get to ask her what she uh, how she picked the nail. Ooh. We missed that one. I was trying to stick it in there, but then she said she wanted to go, and I was like, Ah, damn it! Well. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was gonna make that joke. That's what she said exactly. Faster on the draw, man. I think they're almost done, and I kind of can't wait. I'm gonna hop off as well. It's been it's been a blast. Uh, I am curious. Did I butcher anything? Did you hear uh, seven ten when I was uh, speaking on the shade leaves and sun leaves? Um, no, I didn't catch that. Okay, okay, I did. I did. You might have stuck. Maybe I did. I just uh, uh, brought it up when we were talking about deleafing in general. And then I was just saying, you know, you want to be a little bit cautious because once you start removing uh, the specific ones, and I brought up there's the sun leaves and the shade leaves, uh, shade leaves aren't going to be coming back. And if you just strip everything down, uh, you could potentially run yourself into a little bit of a negative scenario. Um, do you want to touch on that a little bit more and on a little bit higher of a, a level? Sure. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit high, but, so I may get a couple of the details. Why are you guys apologizing for being high on a weed uh, Fuck, stop it. You know, it's when you start getting into high-level science, it's... Uh, I think you are welcome, so, I am high. 
<laughs> you're welcome. I'm very happy. Yeah. In fact, um, you have failed if you're not here. high. <laughs> I'm trying to smoke this you dude must right be here. This high to get in. <laughs> That's high. Definitely a little bit. But yeah, I mean, basically, leaf morphology is laid out like when the leaf is created. And the leaf, morpho the, whatever the morphology it's going to be created is based on like what's needed by the plant at the time. Um, the early leaves that come out are, are going to become the shade leaves because the, the plant knows it's going to be lower down on the plant. Uh, those, those shade leaves basically have a different type of morphology. They, they uh, I believe, that, yeah, the... Uh, chloroplasts are laying more flat uh, where on the top of the leaves uh, they're kind of more on an angle so it lets the light through uh, but yeah so if you strip off all your leaves everything that comes back well the majority that comes back is going to be the, uh, the the top leaves and your the plant has to work a little bit harder to to make them more efficient basically it's just uh, how the light works right yeah, yeah, thank you so much. And then we also quickly touched on just, you know, also if you're pulling on the leaf way, you're going to need to up that CO2 and have a real solid, yeah. really, you know, lace everything else up to compensate. Yeah, there's that photosynthetic curve you can find online. And there's like that peak point where uh, light and CO2 kind of plateau. Um, and when, once you pull off all the leaves, that plateau drops dramatically. So what you have to do is you got have to crank up the CO2 in the room to make the available chloroplasts uh, photosynthesize a little bit more efficiently. Well, it's all well, about making that plant work less hard. You know? As always, you nailed it. Thank you so much. So with that, I'm going to hop. Thank you so much, Fumador. I'm so glad that you're at least smartened up or you figured it out and started something with your, with your phone to make it work. And uh, yeah, everyone else on the panel and in chat, cheers. Have a blessed night, morning, afternoon, wherever you're at. Have a good one, DK. Hi. Tuning in, uh, it was a little bit, uh, a little problematic starting up the show. The, the the internet and the computer and everything else was just not cooperating. It was a little bit of a circus of errors, including all of my lighters basically going bad at the same time. So. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I, lost, I, was, I lost. I lost all my like, If anyone is like, why is people are doing that? It's because like literally all my lighters went to shit today. Apparently, just all of them. So whatever. I lost um, all mine in the bush yesterday and like walking you know, but, it's like, like have one thing, have, lots of one thing, but nothing to go with it. Right, like, right. I imagine what this would be like. It would be great to smoke right now. I can visualize it. <laughs> Fuck, I hate that. Yeah. That's one of those like camping survivalists that keep like a flint in their pocket like they laugh. Although, could you light a joint with a flint? Like, uh, I guess you could. You'd have, like you'd spark it enough times maybe. Should, I don't know. No, you have to light a little ember. No, you have to light a little fire. Then you use fire to light, light the thing, I'd say. Way to do it. Dude, now, now we're going to inspire like a whole trend. So instead of just like solving this hatch, you're going to have to light your joint. With, like, well, I'm pretty good at building a fire on the spot. I can build a fire. But... That's the way. You can, use, you can use a pine knot too. Actual like pine knot, light it anywhere. I use birch bark. Birch yeah. bark's the ball. Birch yeah, bark is the yeah. one. Yeah. Cup of gasoline. Oh, that's an old thing. Really, uh, that's good. A cup of gasoline often works. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's, it's effective. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and also great for tripping eye, uh, eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> eyebrows and eyelashes. Indeed. Uh, so what's everybody working on? <laughs> what's that, 710? What's everybody working on? What's your breeding projects right now? Uh, excuse me. Um, well, a little bit, a uh, little bit mainly still Morgana. Uh, you know, hopefully there's going to be more stuff, but uh, you know, it's just kind of the nature of smaller gardens. You can only really focus on a couple things at a time. Uh, time. So at the moment, Space. a couple different versions of Morgana, basically. I have a couple other things kind of in the pipeline, but again, you know, they probably have to wait a little bit. So uh, what do do? So yeah, a couple of different versions of that, basically. I'm, I'm sort of chasing a little bit different morphology, and I'm chasing a couple of the different uh, flavor profiles. The, the sour stuff, for example, I'm really into. And then uh, also, I think, uh, um, colorful stuff. So, for example, you know, with the green, I always like to do kind of, I don't know why, but I guess I like to have kind of A and B. Maybe it's like yin and yang. So basically, yeah. with like the, the, the sour, I'm also going to want to have something else, which is kind of like the really colorful, sweet, almost uh, dessert candy. It's always nice to pick two, like two distinctly different phenotypes, because then if, if you work them down, like it takes almost the same amount of effort to work them down, maybe a bit a bit more space, but almost the same amount of effort to work them down. And then you get to that point where, oh, okay, I, this, this line was a total waste of time. This is the one. And, you know, you have that A-B choice, right? Well, what's the old expression in comparison, there is difference or something? Like when you yeah, see exactly. one of something, you can say, oh, that's the tits. But when you see two of something, you can say, oh, that one's bigger. That one's smaller. That one grows mm -hmm. bigger. Like as Jill said, uh, that one clones faster, on and on and on, you know. Yeah. And then you also have an escape valve, you know. Like if you if you just, let's say, you know, I was talking about those three different directions or whatever. Let's say you went on two different directions. But one of them did not fucking work out, but you were this goddamn close. Well, you have a backup plan. So instead of dialing it all the way back, you could try going right instead of going left. Exactly. Yeah, I think, I mean, exploring, exploring just the different phenotypes in, in, in your plant and like, I mean, we, we were talking about the, the one question that we missed, like, how do you pick a male? What, what's your, what's your, what's your points that you're looking for? With mine, uh, there's, they're different. So we're basically deciding that process now. You know, the, I was basically trying to create my own kind of uh, an island or something of, of genetics and then work on it from there. So hopefully right now I'm basically looking through my own kind of stock basically to find uh, males. So I have a couple of different, different directions, basically. Um, I've noticed that most of the, most of the, the breeding so far the high, the flavor, even to some degree, the morphology really is coming from, just like Subcool said all these years, like a lot of people didn't listen or maybe did listen, I don't know. But uh, a lot of the experiences that we're smoking come from the mother to a kind of a, a dumb degree. And when it even does lean towards the father, it still kind of leans to the mom. It just, you can see the dad in it. It's, I don't know, it's hard to describe maybe right now, maybe I'm being stupid. But uh, there's the significant influence in the kind of smokeability that comes from the mom and the the... The, the dad kind of gives this um, leaf shape or the colors or the vitality or the vigor or the tallness or whatever else more than the actual kind of smokeability. That probably will change as I work with different genetics. Like for example, Space Queen was one of those super dominant things where the dad was constantly, constantly, constantly expressing himself. But uh, at least for the moment with my stuff, 
I've been working with this presumption that a lot of the, 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 the moms are showing their smokeability and the dads are going to be showing this kind of morphology. So I'm looking at a couple of interesting crosses. I don't know how much this is a spoiler, but Charybdis is one of them. It has this, it's that Queen Anne's Revenge with the Ruby Jack, but I feel like it has yeah. the best of both worlds of some of the best shit that I've ever done in my life. And it's just going to have this, first look, it's thump it's, like a motherfucker. It's going to hit you. I, fucking it looks face. interesting. Very, and, very oh, interesting. Goodness. So we'll that see. Uh, super sativa phenotype is just oh, screamed at me. That one was actually Lime River. Oh, wait. That's another yeah, one. Yeah, that's it. That was a different one. Yeah. Dude, yeah, that funny. one's. If I had a bigger, maybe one of these days, hopefully soon. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how soon, but it would be nice to think sooner, these, sooner rather than later that I could have a bigger garden where I could actually run. 100 Lime River Rose, 100 uh, uh, Black Prince Ruby, 100 blah, blah, blah. Because now I'm noticing like, oh, that shit would be delightful to run through. Like Black Prince Ruby is another one we haven't even talked about. Uh, that's a Ruby Jack in cross. So basically that's my friend uh, uh, Stevie bred the Ruby Jack. And I basically created this kind of back cross more than anything. Um, running through a little bit of it. I didn't send out too many testers. And now I have a couple of my own and they're fucking delightful. So I'm like, oh, that's my dehumidifier singing the song of its people right now. Uh, anyway, if you guys hear like beep, beep, beep. Uh, I don't know why, but I keep it on this. Like I have the hose hooked up, but I prefer to like empty. I just want to know when it's like full. I don't know. I don't know why, but I just, I have that. Knowing sure. how much water you're pulling out, it's out of a room and it's cool. Yeah, yeah. for sure. This is like, I just, I just somehow want to know when it's uh, full, but whatever. Thanks to the pandemic, I'm mostly here when it freaking goes off. So I guess during the wintertime, the the, the the furnace was kind of running more than the dehumidifier, but now it's switched. So now it's going to be dehumidifier time. But anyway, whatever. What was I talking about? Uh, being able to run through that Black Prince Ruby, I realize now like, oh, if I've already got a couple of phenotypes that are fucking special, like there's no way that, I, I mean, I guess there is a way that you can get the one lottery pick. That's happened before to me. But uh how do I put this? Like the one Queen Anne's Revenge that I had, that was like a lottery ticket right there. Uh, but uh, most of the time, if you pop a killer seed and it's a killer seed, if you ran a hundred of them, you'd find better ones. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the sad thing you realize. You're like, sometimes, God, yeah. Damn yeah. it, I know there's something better. No, like, and that's why it takes the numbers, right? Just just look over the crop and and be able to like assess those, those, uh, those quantitative or qualitative features, right? These, these, the smells, the, the structure, the phenotype, all of it. It's just having, having like big numbers. Cause you need big numbers with these polyhybrids that we have now is just this. I mean, even, even with some of the heirloom stuff, it has a variety in it. So just finding those, those crazy outliers, it's, it takes the numbers, right? I was going to ask Ms. Jill that. And then I guess we kind of just, Started talking about other stuff. Um, how best to say this? Uh, I was saying this the other day, if anybody was listening to my babbled stone self uh, about Cannabisian, my friend Cannabisian, he likes to breed with multiple females and males. He uses basically a, a stock of the, and they're not at random. They're not random selections. He does select those plants, but he'll get, like we were talking about kind of yin yang females, instead of basically kind of uh, doing separate breeds with them, he'll throw them all together. And then he'll, at the end, jumble those seeds together. <clears throat> Pardon me. The ultimate goal of that is to, when he has, let's say, three uh, males, maybe even up to five males, I think was the most. And let's say three, I think the most was ever at any given time, three females, maybe three and three. I'm, I'm not going to swear to it right now because it's kind of easy. He's not here right now. 
but just that you're familiar probably with that that better than yeah, box, that box selection so how do i put this i was going to ask her if she had an opinion on that kind of group selection as opposed to this individual selection frankly seven ten i guess you'd be the better person to ask about it right now what do you think i mean it's it's what do you want to do like do you want to create a homogenous line uh do you want to create an like an f1 because most f1s that we talk about aren't true f1s um but do you want to create a polyhybrid f1 um do you want to work towards a, a uniform line or something that's uh, homozygous throughout the genome as much as you could possibly get? So you can then exploit that uh, that true hybrid vigor and have true F1s. It takes a lot of work to get to that point. And 99% of people aren't going to do that. And if they do, it's usually people that are running a farm and they're, they're doing these bulk selections each year, right? Put a whole bunch of seed out and then they grab the best of the best and they throw that in the pile and do the same thing next year it's just it's one of those it's it's kind of like simulating uh selection in the wild but you you're you're using a smaller selection basically i mean in cannabis's case he's basically like you say he's kind of selecting for a future a more stable future population he's trying yeah, to like avoid bottlenecking yeah, and like if you're, stops the bottleneck. Well, that, that's actually that's bottlenecking. What, what he's doing is is he's is he's narrowing the selection. Even if he's using, I mean, as long as he's using uh, females and males from the same uh, generation, uh, it's it's slowly bottlenecking these generations, and uh, you're going to have more homozygous traits expressed. You're going to have more uh, homozygous dominant traits expressed, as well as uh, heterozygous uh, recessive traits start to express, um, just as the as the genome becomes more homozygous throughout. And that's kind of what you're doing with these lion breeds to get that homozygous plant at the end, and then it's it's generally like those plants are generally not not the greatest, not the healthiest. They kind of look shittier. Um, but when you cross two of them together, uh, you exploit the whole genome. So every every uh, dominant trait from this parent will be expressed, and every dominant trait from the other parent will be will also be expressed. So hopefully, dominant traits throughout the genome are expressed, and you get a super plant basically, and that's where you get the hybrid figure, or it's called uh, heterosis. Uh, you see it a lot in corn, yeah, but it's it's in all plant types. It's just, I mean, not all plant types, but it's in most crop types. But you just have to do the work, and it takes a long time. So that's one of the ways I'm trying to work. But yeah, that takes years. Speaking of which, what are you working on? I've got a couple. I mean, I'm, uh, uh, you know, trying to see how certain females work with different males. Uh, how different males work with multiple females. Uh, like I did, I did one run. It was uh, just a, a sibling cross across uh, the male that I wanted to check out with a bunch of a bunch of the females from the same generation. Uh, sent a bunch of testers out, and people were telling me it was popping up in each one. With that, I was able to pick my F two, and then my F two now is pretty manging <laughs> but uh yeah it's not uh it's not done yet it takes it takes time i'm gonna get to f3 f4 
F5 on that one in particular because there there are some perm issues and I want to work those out before let's go. Um, selecting for all the top trades, right? Like uh, yield, uh, resistance, uh, just <laughs> morphology, blood morphology. Like like Miss Joe was saying, I, I absolutely hate trimming. So I just I love when it's a big bud with few leaves and you have a bushy plant or it's a, a kind of a smaller baseball nug kind of plant with smaller leaves. Uh, so that's that's generally the two types I like. You get the, uh, the, the baseball bat style with the, like the Congolese, uh, the, the original Hayes, yeah, that, if you find the right thing, you know. What's the weirdest morphology you've ever seen? Because we were talking about the, the outliers and I was thinking about I don't know why I thought, I think I was thinking about a different breeder maybe. I'm glad I didn't ask her this question because I was thinking about kind of just weird bud shapes in the future and what weird morphologies will exist in the future. I don't know if there will be anything like a broccoli of wheat, you know, like, and so I guess I was going to ask you like, what was the weirdest bud shape she'd ever seen or something like maybe nothing that weird because a lot of the, the, yeah. the stuff was kind of similar. What do you think? Any weird, I mean, we've, we've certainly heard about like the, like Breeder Steve's talked about the the whole leaf with trichomes on it, basically. So yep. no bud at all, just a leaf with trichomes on it. That's pretty fucking unique. That's different. Uh, in fact, that's hard to beat. I mean, what else, what else do you think? There is that Max guy, I can't remember his full name, but he was on um, Bubble Man's Hash Church like a week or two ago. Uh, he was talking about a, a cannabis hops cross. So that's interesting. If uh, if you can grow hops, because hops will flower in pretty much any sunlight. <laughs> if you can grow hops that, that produces cannabinoids, that'd be pretty freaking interesting. And it's uh, perennial too, right? Yeah. Hops live uh, basically I believe forever. so, yeah. Forever, right? For a number of years. Um, I think they are. It's one of those weird things. Like, uh, this is hops country, but weirdly enough, it's like 30 miles that way. You know what I mean? Like, so you can throw Damn, a stick at it, and hemp, there's like, you can drive through, you'll drive straight up, and then you'll drive for like 40 minutes, and it'll just be hops, 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 hops. But it's literally like that away. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, we've got perfect growing weather for uh, for like Russian hemp up here in, up here in Alberta. It's pretty cool. It's but yeah, interesting it's just how localized some things are, and we don't even realize it. Um, Hood River is just to the east of me, basically, and it's one of the, the first of all, it's one of the best beer producing regions. Uh, I've talked about several breweries that are from there. They're stunning. Uh, Crux and, and Full Sail and what's the other one? Um, I'm forgetting the most obvious one right now. Anyway, regardless, uh, several of them. Uh, but they're also really re renowned for hazelnuts. And not only that, but they're like, they're right next to the, the gorge, basically. They're right in the gorge where they do like wind sailing all the time. So it's like full sail beer that's from, you know, the, the, the a lot of people would just basically go there just for that. They wouldn't even go for hazelnuts or now weed or anything else. They're just there for like wind sailing. Yeah, the kiteboarding there is pretty fucking goddamn good from what I hear. I you see, I didn't even mention kiteboarding. Yeah, no, it's uh, one of the top 10 uh, places in the world I hear. Yeah, no, no, no. I've thought about going to the gorge. Top floor genetics says, uh, "Did those hops folks not get called out?" Uh, I, I don't know if they did or not. I think he had a, a, some photos that looked similar to what I mean, what it could look like—the morphology of a, a, a cross between those things. I know there are um, uh, crosses between uh, different species 
of plants that have produced other plants like uh, canola is a cross of uh, Brassica rapa and Brassica napis, I think. So it's two different species of these brassicas. Put them together and you get the canola. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's actually a real thing or not. But it sounds like a really interesting thing. The last uh, interesting thing I heard about that. I mean, close to that was the uh, producing cannabinoids in yeast. That was. Uh, I mean, they're able to do it. <laughs> How pure yeah, it is? I don't know. I can't even. Yeah, that's just it's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> Like, I understand that people can do stuff, but I don't know if they should sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, maybe that's just being too much of a Luddite, but like, I don't know, man, like yeast can ferment alcohol really well. And I'm, I super am into that. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, if, if we found out that now, like, I don't know, fungi could make alcohol, um, I don't know, maybe that would Why are we trying to cut out a process that strips carbon out of the atmosphere? True, true. Well, I got a problem. I got I got a a comment on that for Okay, so um, if you were to look at it from uh, a, a point of view of uh, diabetes, right? Like we have this, we have this horrible epidemic of diabetes right now. Leave Wilfred uh, Brimley out of it. <laughs> diabetes. Um, but uh, modern insulin uh, that diabetics use on a daily basis is produced with yeast. So, I mean, and that process was developed by Canadians. <laughs> One of the one of the prof- professors at my university, um, but yeah, was I mean, mounted, was he riding a mounted moose at the time? He was. Uh, I believe so. Indeed. I believe so. With a mounty hat as well, you know. <laughs> In the science lab with the mounted hat. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, the, this group of scientists, this group of scientists actually sold the patent for insulin to, I believe, the Canadian government for a dollar just to make sure that insulin was available for everybody. So seeing how expensive it's gotten, it's absolutely insane. The, uh, the, the Mountie hat in the laboratory was to prevent the uh, canaries from uh, sitting on them, I think. Who was wearing the, the hat? Was it the moose or him? Both. Definitely both. both. Yeah. Definitely both. Moose had a larger hat. <laughs> 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 it was cutouts. It was cutouts for the horns. <laughs> and maybe it's a disguise try not to be pulling cognito maybe that's what it was it was disguised moose he's, he's avid about learning he does not want to be expelled for being who wouldn't, who wouldn't be who wouldn't be avid about learning about uh, science uh especially if you're a moose it's a hard life as a moose I mean, we've taken this show completely off the rails. Uh, what was I going to say? Seven ten. I've seen some kind of interesting morphological traits, basically in in cannabis. Not even just like the freak show stuff, and not even running gigantic populations, right? But just running through some seedlings or something, picking what's going to get run. What's you know, picking some males and whatever else. Started to see some interesting kind of branching and everything, and basically like. Where am I going with that? Not random patterns, but I suppose maybe there would be random patterns if I have had enough numbers. But like I had this idea, for example, since I've been working with Morgana a little bit, I had this idea with Cuvée and Ruby Jack that I basically wanted Cuvée to be a little bit more like Ruby Jack and I wanted Ruby, Ruby Jack to be a little bit more like Cuvée on some level, right? Kind of simplifying it. But basically I wanted to open up the branching structure and all this different stuff and bring some of the terps in and on and on, bring some CBD in and on and on. That seems to have happened. And then now I'm seeing that, yes, it has actually happened, happened, happened. 
And so, for example, the branching structure, like I have my choice of those branching structures. I can go to the one where it's almost the same as the mom, where, hey, you know what? I'd like it to be pretty close to that, but just a little bit different. And then let's keep it, you know, super colorful and you know, super whiny and blah, 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 blah. You can get that. But then, for example, you can get something that is on the other end. You'd like branching structure, we'll put branching structure on your branching structure. You know what I mean? Everything will be super fucking nodes and golf balls and everything else. And so there's there's all these kind of different options. And that's even without kind of, how do I put this? You see that in the mail too. So one presumes that basically you could kind of magnify those traits over time on some level. Uh, how do I put this? Um, I guess I'm babbling on some level, but what's... Um, no, I, I don't want to ask you the same question again. I guess I was just interested in a different version of it. I don't know. What's the craziest shit you think we're going to have? Like uh, reading some Honestly, I think the GMO weird. stuff is going to be uh, completely insane. That stuff that's coming. I mean, Why it's eventually going to come out. And we with with certain molecular tools we can like knock out genes oh i thought you said strain gmo no like sorry yeah i guess i guess that does cause a lot of confusion (laughs) darn garlic cookies um but yeah i mean just what whatever we can do i mean it's gonna get done and that's the that's the crazy part about it and that stuff will be uh patentable (laughs) easily patentable Kylo Ren is the future, apparently. Kylo Ren. <laughs> uh, oh, that's twisted Kylo Ren. I got it. Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, like uh, the, the Soul Shine comes on here. We need to get him back on the show uh, talking about kind of open sourcing our weed. Who's talked about it before? Uh, I think it's not Sub. Sub was actually going in a different direction. I kind of, I, I parted ways with, with Subcool and that kind of intellectually because he was very much, especially towards the end of his life, he was very much into the kind of the patenting and the, the closed I'm, source I'm all for the open else. source. Open source I is the, the only way. I mean, I like what one of the things that Miss Jill was saying, um, where she was like, "Okay, if you're going to use my my seed in a in a cross, and you're going to credit in that cross, I mean, that's that's kind of, I mean, I would be honored if someone found something in in one of my seeds that was." worthy of them crossing it to something else i think that's kind of the goal of most breeders is to but give credit to i mean and absolutely give credit and to to bring something to the current population of, of genetics that is that kind of steps up the game or you know has some innate quality that's that's not already there idea yeah holy crap and this is the this is the difference i've already noticed this myself because i basically had this experience where i basically had i keep saying basically i'm going to try to stop saying that but now of course i'm focusing on i'll probably say it over and over again um (laughs) basically i almost said it again yeah uh so i've had this experience uh where i almost said it again uh some folks have found a phenotype that they're interested in and they basically showed me i can't fucking said it they showed me <laughs> and you know it's been fun it's on instagram whatever and they're like oh i would like to basically move this into other stuff and i'm like yeah. well okay, that's the point that's the idea you've basically we've won with this kind of uh, circumstance okay. uh, now granted it's a test here, but this is this is the idea essentially you have now found something you've proved that there's some shit in my there's some fire basically in my uh seed stock then I've had the other experience where basically, again, where someone has, 
essentially done none of that, but has already essentially said, oh, I'm going to be crossing da 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 da. And I've essentially said, like, okay, where's the there there? Like, you you just have done nothing, and now you're moving on. The fuck? Yep. Like, literally, the fuck? And yeah. that's the missing thing. Like, why are you doing that instead of this other one where you could have just, like, everyone would have been happy? But. I mean, I think, like, working with a strain for a while, just having, having it in your hands for a while, growing it out a few times, uh, being able, I mean, I mean, if you're interested in something and you're, you're, you got a cross going or you're interested in crossing it, cross it with that and cross it with something else so you can see how it works in different, in different gene lines. And you can kind of pick out what dominant traits that that plant brings to other lines. Uh, I, I mean, it, uh, I've, I've definitely uh, chucked pollen alongside of legitimate breeding projects just for this just for this fun it's uh just just to see what like say a male like testing males is pretty tough uh i like to get them way too hot get them in in and out of flower uh try and re-veg them and if they pop any any pistols or sorry <laughs> if they pop any stigma um then they they get the chop and they go away uh i think that's rarely done but the next step is is uh sibling tests is, is progeny testing and, and crossing it to multiple plants seeing how it works in different lines and and then you know okay this plant brings this to the table and it's gonna consistently bring this to the table every time and what plant do i have that is lacking that in in, in its in its repertoire you think i mean growing a plant I mean, if you're if you're breeding for just yourself, slapping two plants together, and you need, if you need to make your own seeds, seeds are expensive. I totally understand that. If you need to make your own seeds, slapping together two plants that that you think are going to be cool and you're excited about, do it. Um, but if you're going to breed, breed with intention. You know, try and bring something to the game. Like we we as people that get to slap around this this amazing plant that's been around with us for so many centuries and uh, it it's it's it should be an honor you know it should be an honor to be able to do this and especially like in in the legal states and up here in Canada I'm I can do this legally and and have fun with it um, there's so many people that came before us that that really put in the work that were that we're, you know, looking at real serious jail time for bringing these seeds over from like Europe or um, the very rare people that went to uh, to the uh, Hindu Kush Valley and started bringing the Kush back, all, all that stuff. I mean, it's, we stand on the backs of giants. So let's, let's treat it with respect. You know, let's no, you're if you're gonna do that, something, like do it intention. We didn't even really get to brush on that. And of course, I didn't really want to make it like a show about Subcool or something because it was the show about uh, Ms. Jill. But of course, a lot of people know that the, the two of them were together for many years. Uh, and, a lot uh, of the work. I mean, like she does not get her her, her dues. That's it, yeah. I mean, some people some people understand, but she did a lot of the breeding. She Maybe did a the, lot of the, the work. The majority of it, arguably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she really, I mean, she does not get her dues. I, I mean... She, I'm glad that she's starting to. Um, she's she's 
you know, getting a spot like now. But yeah, <laughs> she she got a bit of a shitty end of the stick there. I don't want to pick sides or anything, but you know, she got uh, she got shit on. Oh, I don't have a slide there. I'm kind of agnostic as far as that goes because you know I had a good experience with with Subcool. But as far as like. Uh, I know it's in, in cannabis, it's been a man's world for the longest time, you know, just like the longest, longest, longest time. And there were some women involved, like as we know, Miss Jill and several others, but Mila, the hash queen that we had last week, Frick. Uh, uh, but, uh, and she was saying even that it was sometimes tough in a man's world, right? But she was just like, she's very no nonsense. She was just like, how did she put it? Oh my fucking God. I even wrote it down. I texted somebody. I was like, do not fuck with Mila, the hash queen. Um, uh, crying is a self-indulgence something like that like i was like oh my fucking god i mean that's it's it, how do i put this i'm not making fun of her it's just basically like it's it's a little bit of a sad statement but it's a statement of somebody who has basically said like no i'm not going to dissolve in tears i'm gonna go she into was something cool as shit. like oh yeah like she has accomplished a ton yeah. of stuff her daughter's i love, right how, there with I love her. how she was just like i i don't look for smell it's it's a fact it's a fact you gotta look for the effect and i mean it was an intriguing perspective yeah yeah, yeah. i, I, I see the, that the, in a lot of the old growers uh vision creator he 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 says i like he's, he's like i smoke a pack of smokes a day i'm not looking for the taste i'm looking for the effect you know it's just it's that yeah i disagree i think there's a i think there's a better way you know and i, was I think all of it i think if you can find by, something um, that has all of it Dude, this is the best part of it that you can basically bring different. Did we just lose? Who the fuck? Oh. D. Uh, D. Yeah, he, I didn't think even ask him about brains, man. D. Brains. I'm sure the brains are fresh. That's probably why he has to leave for the evening. Uh, but the thing is, we get to argue about this kind of stuff friendly in a friendly way, and we get to argue about whether the effect is better, whether the 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 morphology is better, the looks are better whether the perps are more important than the flavor. You know, Miss Jill was even agreeing, you know, she's super into the perps like everybody is. I mean, Jesus Christ, look at this. Who couldn't possibly be into that shit? And yet nine <laughs> times out of 10, the green one will be the one that knocks your socks off. That, yeah. that flower is delightful, but the green sour one is a little stronger. Honestly, I have to admit, it's like, I, it pains me to say it, but the green ones are almost always better. Um, I guess I'm babbling right now. There was a point that, I think there's I think there's something to the purples. I think maybe they they kind of lean towards a, a, another cannabinoid profile. Maybe maybe something more. I say like linoleol. I always mispronounce it. And the anthocyanins, but anthocyanins are overwhelmingly Lin present in the Lin purple Lin stuff. Yeah. But um, uh, that's how I try to pronounce uh, all this. I just tried to go like, and then just hope that nobody paid attention. Um, maybe they were thinking the same one and they'd be like, yes, yes. I've um, had some yes. fire purple weed. Oh, yeah. That got me real, real high. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the strong the absolutely beautiful. The Mom's Morgana, she gets super purple. She doesn't always get super purple. Actually, last time I grew her, she was like kind of silvery, silvery purple. But uh, a lot of times she'll just get deep, blood red, purple, like dark maroon purple, whatever else. And great weed. Honestly, great weed. And I was just going to say, actually, like uh, in argumentation, essentially, like, oh, fuck you guys, uh, that uh, I have this different perspective where the flavor and effect are tied together. And where I have very rarely found flavorless weed that was also very strong. And so in that sense, like, I would argue back, like, in a friendly way. I'm not going to, you know, say, like, hey, you're oh. freaking dim. 
But uh, <laughs> I would say in counterpoint, and, you know, we used to meet, you know, in my freaking tasting societies, like maybe one of these days, I haven't figured out how we're going to meet again, but maybe we will. Speaking of which, I've gotten like uh, people have offered maybe to do private meetings and I've tried to avoid private meetings. Like the whole thing was it was supposed to be public and it was a bunch of fucking adjectives to make it public, but whatever, it would be easier to make. I was just talking out loud right now. But anyway, we used to meet at these meetings. We would go through a bunch of weed and we would honestly go through a bunch of weed. And people are always like, oh, my God, how did you guys know the difference between weed number one and weed number 19? They always think, oh, you'll never know. And actually, in many cases, it becomes obvious, like just the literal, the, the, the differentiation makes it more freaking obvious, you know what I mean? And they stand out sure. based on the terps, based on this, based on that. And yeah, first timers, they'll get noob high, they'll get like even a little bit newer growers, they get a little bit fucking, you get the red flushed face, you know what I mean? Like, at that point, you kind of don't know anymore. You're just, you're kind of along for the ride and, you know, like, yeah. hopefully you don't fall off. But in the meantime, like, sure. you know, experienced smokers, they can tell the difference even once they get to weed number 18, 19, oh, yeah. 20, you'd be surprised, honestly. And um, it sounds silly, but I don't know how else to explain it. It's, it's just fucking legit. Um, where am I getting to with this? And I guess that I'm getting to that, uh, where it's like, where it's unusual, or I guess what I'm trying to say is when that situation doesn't play out, it's so unusual that I remember it. Like I, I've told this story about this Filipino strain. It was a bag seed Filipino that uh, Zibalba Farms, I think, grew. And um, the dude that made this little graffiti ball brought it from Zibalba Farms. And uh, the poor guy, he didn't completely, he didn't break the rules, but he kind of cheated the rules slightly on, on accident because he was supposed to have grown the weed yourself. It was still homegrown, but he brought it from his friend and he won. I was like, all right, man, it's cool, it's cool. He's a, he's a chill dude, but it was the one time where, oh, my God. I'm joking around. He's a super cool guy. Good grower, actually, on his own. Uh, but the weed was from this other guy. And it was a, a bag seed. He's, I think he's a commercial grower, but this was his personal grow. It was some bag seed Filipino. He picked it up on vacation. I don't remember the exact story. And it was so absolutely bizarre. It was unlike anything else anyone had smoked. I certainly hadn't heard much about Filipino weed. I knew a couple guys who were married to Filipino women. Um... Uh, they talked about all the weird monkey hand pizza that their wives served them as a joke in the Philippines, all this different stuff, but they never really talked about weed for one reason or another. Uh, and if it was weed, it was from somewhere else, I think. So I, know, I, I never really heard about Filipino land races or anything else, whatever. Uh, the two best weeds of that night were something super duper frosty, like let's call it some kind of an archive cut, maybe like a uh, some kind of a gassy, fuely, something or other that Canafam Dynamics probably nailed like super, super greasy and just, you know, just wonderfully goodness. And then this weird, larfy, super stringy, like, the, you know, the, from the 1970s High Times book, like just not quite that bad, but just like looked like grass seed almost. Yeah. Uh, too dry, smelled like camel cigarettes and actually smoked like tobacco too. And won by like 20 votes. That was the yeah. flavor of the night. I was yeah, so I mean, fucking surprised. Sometimes these these rare sativas just they, they I don't know what I don't really don't know what quite it is whether it's just if it's the terpene profile I mean THC is THC is THC right like you can have more of it you can have less of it but like everything else in it something in there must be super special I see I've, with the with the Congo for for one that's I mean like that's the super sativa that I know. Uh, 
with that, I mean, I get a consistent, insane high. Like it can get pretty, like you got to go lay down basically. <laughs> it can get pretty intense, but most of the time I'm just like, just smoke a joint and get a ton of shit done. And it's just feel no pain the whole time. So yeah, I mean, sorry, I forgot what, what the question was. <laughs> Again, uh, you're welcome. I forgot what the question was. Uh, we're going to try to enforce that policy. Instead of saying, sorry, I'm high, we're going to say, well, you're welcome, I'm high. Hey, I'm Canadian. Hey. Did you, you know, we have, we have a, a, a law here that said, that's like, if you're in a car accident and you say sorry to somebody, it's, it doesn't mean that's your fault. Right. That's yeah. how, that's how much people in Canada say sorry. Because they were like legally binding people for the sorry. <laughs> Um, sorry. Well, sorry, I'm not legally blinded, bounded, I'm sorry. We get some poutine while we wait, eh? Uh, I was going to say, uh, welcome, Coffee Pot. Cheers, dude. Uh, long day, Sativas. It's going to be yeah, fun to see a lot of this different, you know, the different weed coming. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day, dude, when we have, yeah. like, it's like you have Argentinian wine and freaking South African wine, whatever else, Australian wine, on and on and on. You're going to have, hopefully, fuck, hopefully you're going to have Colombian weed and this weed and that weed. I think it's going to be better for it. You know, like certainly people, you know, some mom and pop that are frankly probably not growing all the world's best. Maybe that's not fair. They might even be growing good weed. But there are going to be people that kind of go out of business because of that. I just I hate to say it. That, that is going to be reality. But I don't know. I, I guess the, the, the upshot of it, I don't know. Maybe that's not even a good thing to say. But the upshot of it is that uh, there's going to be this world market that, that how do I put this? Um, I don't know. The Argentinian we, uh, wine doesn't put the Californian wine out of business. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people are always saying that that's going to happen, but it never does. Like they, it's always a market for some differentiation. If it has a unique quality or trait, there's always a market for it. I mean, bag weed, I mean, bag appeal gets its name because it doesn't even have to be good weed. It's just, the bag looks really good. I'm going to get that one. Um, if you have the bag appeal, if you have the high, and if you have everything else with it, you've just won the lottery. And that's that's these elite cuts that everybody tries to find in their CPACs. Uh, with with the sativas, I think they bring something to the, the gene pool that we have now that just it's really the gene pool now is is lacking. I see I see a lot of people messing around with some cool shit like CSI Humboldt. They're messing around with that uh, Australian pasture cannabis. Um, I mean, I think it's I think it's really interesting to just try and find something that's not in the gene pool and bring it in and see how it reacts with everything. Right? Just hit, uh, a couple different <laughs> plants with a with a super hype reversal and see how those go um but just i don't know just going down and working working the lines it takes effort and it takes finding finding those outliers that just pop if you can find a lot of the outliers that pop that's amazing but usually in the f1s f2s you're you're got a lot a lot of work to do i wonder well, if uh, Ms. ask her about that hopefully we'll get her on the show again um I'm wondering if she's going to work, do a lot of kind of line breeding in the future. Because I know that, you yeah, know, CGA she, she was does. not a lot of line breeding, but I think the future is basically that, where you yeah. really distinguish yourself. Yeah, I think she's going to put some pretty, pretty cool stuff up. But on that, I got to take off everybody. 
have a great night. It was great talking with you. Really great interview there. Uh, you guys have a great one. It might be a slow night. Holy cow. Like not everybody's uh, jumping on the show. I don't know, man. We had Miss Jill on the show and everyone was like, mm, we're going to let you do on the show. I don't know. I guess we have a short one. And uh, I'm beat, to be honest with you, but I'll go for a bit. You see, Wes Engine's like, go man, he's freaking doing overtime. I don't know. We can talk about the gardens. I don't know. Hop on, folks. What the hell? Like, uh, <laughs> I had a little miscommunication. You guys on a shower time. today? Or what, what is this? Like, is, I don't know. Did you, like, what did you guys eat? Like, oh, here? me, I'm, me, I'm busting ass on at work. I got a project that's breaking I'm me. I'm just wondering why, uh, why nobody wants to join us. Like, uh, are mm. we, uh, are we babbling especially tonight? Like, normally we babble like, uh, like 50%. Now we're babbling like 65%. What do you think it is? I don't know. I don't know what it you didn't is. Tell enough of your mama jokes. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they maybe they draw a bigger audience, a bigger panel. I'm just and tired. Because we probably didn't talk about his mama enough. He didn't want to defend her honor. So I wonder. I wonder what it is. Yeah, yeah I'm just tired. Good. Yeah. You you pulled an amazing guest. That was freaking fantastic. Like honestly, yeah. if, ever, if we could ever get her back, it would be wonderful. Hopefully, we didn't annoy her. Annoy her. I mean, she stayed for a couple hours, so we probably didn't annoy her too much. No, I think she did really yeah, well. Cool. She did cool. really well too. She she yeah. she spoke really well. She's got. Uh, I, I don't know if people notice, but she like moves around a lot. I think she has quite severe back problems. Like I think a lot of people have watched the show. Uh, so yeah, I feel for her on that. Like it can be kind of immiserating to just kind of even sit there. A lot of people who don't have back problems, they don't realize how bad it can be sometimes. Like, yeah, it's crippling. Scoliosis, I believe she said. I believe it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to. I, I don't want to speak for somebody like how do I put this. It's probably not one of those things that people want to talk about that much. But I believe it's public, so I leave it at that. But um, how do I put it? Dude, I, I, don't know. I got hit by a car when I was a young kid, and it, my back and my knees are fucked ever since. Uh, like kind of like third grade, I got hit by a car. Uh, I got hit by a car on my bike one time. Yeah, this old man. He should not have been driving. He should not. He should not have been driving. And he hit me at a stoplight. He just he didn't see the stoplight. He hit me at a stoplight. He was sort of stopping, so I guess I was somewhat lucky. And I'll never forget when he got out. He was like, can I help you? And I I, I, I remembered, like, uh, I, th- <laughs> I can't remember if I said it because I was in shock. Or if, I think maybe I didn't say it because I was probably in shock. Because I remember thinking, like, yeah, I'll have fries and a Coke. Like or whatever. I, I think I I think my order <laughs> back then was like a quarter pounder of fries and a coke. I used to. You know. <laughs> so I think I said that, but I, at least I wanted to say it. But yeah, that was a long time ago. Actually, my Black. shoulders have quite really been the same. Fuck that guy. Fuck I should have driving. Yeah, I blacked out. Like I was crossing the street. Um, I got someone. It was like kind of like a blind drive. Someone hit me. I went. Someone's like the witness said I went like six feet to eight feet in the air. Landed on the hood and rolled off the car. I don't remember any of that, but <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the the whatever stupid jokes here. Um, dude, that's more common than I think anyone admits, especially in cannabis. Like these days, uh, all the the uh, Miss Jill and, and <laughs> all of them, like they had to have like freaking full on medical cards so they would be legal, and like they had to have practically like. I don't know, brain cancer to, to get a card. It was just absolutely ridiculous. It's gotten quite a bit nicer, but yeah. 
I crashed into a car pretty good one time on my bike. Did you? Yeah, he stopped. So the in front opposite. Of, so now we got to. Oh, no, exact opposite. Exact opposite. He he he. Uh, I was like, he was coming down a hill too, so I was just motoring too, and he just piled on the brakes and stopped. And man, there was no stopping me. I was into his back bumper. He's like. He thought he got hit by a man. You have to yin yang, man. You have to one one of us gets crashed into <laughs> by a car, the other one crashes into a car on a bike. I did that too. Oh, well, I was in a, bike, I was in a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in uh, the winter. Oh, so that's what you've you brought balance back to the force because we want uh you know perfect yin yang here. So one of us got hit by a car, the other one hit by a car. You have both hit by a car and gotten hit from your your if anyone joins the panel, isn't you know we're gonna be probably. I almost, dude. I wish I, I had a two at a time. One who's been hit and one hasn't. Let's ask before they get in. I've been hit by a car. Let me see if I can. That'd be a good name for a strain hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was that? The strain from um, uh, Ted with the teddy bear. Was it uh, dude? Where's my bike? No, wait. Was it Dude Where's My Bike? Or is it no, that was Bubble Man's uh fuck, what was the one from uh Ted? And he was always getting lost. So fuck where am I? <laughs> he was like, no, the best one was when he was like had like he was stuck on the wall walking home. Right. Yeah, fuck, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Like the most important part of it is the fucking words that I gone. You're welcome. Hi. That's the point of the show. To get here and get stoned. Uh, by the way, I'm smoking. Big surprise! I'm smoking Morgana. I have like, more and more of this. This is one of the purple phenotypes. I um, can't 100% swear that this is the same one as the one right behind me. It's weird. It smells a little bit different. I think it's a little bit different. Anyway, it's one of the purple phenotypes. So nice. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Just the breeding, I guess. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to figure out where it's going to go. And there's so many, um, so many different little tiny mini directions that you could take things. And then you realize, like, even if you could find time to do the actual breeding, then when are you going to find the time to do the testing and stuff? So, for example, let's say you had, uh, let's say you devoted the grow only to breeding, and just one after another after another, and just threw more plants in there, more plants, more plants, and just threw a male after after after. You, know, you could get six breed runs legally, and even a small grow anywhere, basically in California, anywhere, you could get six breed runs in a year. But and what do you do with all those seeds? You know what I mean? Like you'd have so many different directions to go to, and I don't know, like so many different kind of paths. So you really have to like limit yourself to specific directions and specific. Um, I mean, really, just that, I guess. Specific. Yeah, or else, yeah, you'll just have too many directions. You'll be spread too thin. You'll never get to look at at a yeah. bunch of stuff that you do. Or and everything, you, yeah, yeah everything, you'll never get tested. Right. Everything will either be untested or it'll be tested poorly or haphazardly or you'll miss stuff. And I feel like you have to just kind of focus in on something. I don't know. I mean, Sunkle was a, a weird exception in the breeder world because they always had a huge menu. I mean, they were a little bit different in that I guess they had a kind of a huge staff working for them. But yeah, but each guy only ever had like, maybe five things on the list at most they never really had that many things on the list nobody ever had it nobody was ever running over the whole list hmm. there's always like five from north star and, and homegrown wonders and some from miss jail 
North Star and like everybody seemed to have, and Badger, everybody seemed to always have a yeah. little piece in it. Yeah. And people yeah. passed through the, the dioxides and the, the, what was his name? Um, the dude that run Fear of the Farm. Um, no, I guess you're right. Like people would have a couple different strains under the belt. And so that was what kind of set them apart, that it was more like a breeder collective on some level, as opposed to just a, uh, an individual breeder. From the, outside, the difference. from the outside, I always thought Sub Cool was a really, really good hype man and a really good promoter and a really good, like, and, and a better manager and then maybe less of a breeder. Mm. You no, know? I, I agree. I agree. And, uh, but like, yeah, and, and that's good. Like, we all have our, we all have our special things that we're good at. And like, yeah. Everybody still talks about Steve Jobs for years and years later. And like I said, like, first of all, Sub Cool didn't have to be a perfect or anything else uh, yeah. i'm sure he had flaws like everybody i had a great experience with him i consider him a personal friend uh but you know there's every time he would come up in a chat or something there would be people who take sides be, yeah somebody that didn't like him super great guy to me but again you, you don't always know people in their whole life of course uh i've met some people behind closed doors you would see a different freaking story so i don't know but in the meantime <laughs> was i trying to say um i fucking got lost in that stupid part of the story uh the, the, the hype the, the the hype stuff so like um Steve Jobs the more I read about him like I guess I I, I don't know I've, I've always used apples but I, I never really had the kind of blinders even when I was a kid like I just I don't know I never really had a blinders with with the company and then they kind of fucked me in college like they just straight up fucked me on the computer to the point that like in warranty service they sent it back they cut the power cord and then they said there was a liquid spill so I couldn't ever get it reported again I don't know why they did that they just they decided to screw me so I've always had this kind of jaundiced opinion of, of Apple or whatever. But uh, and they cut your power cord? They cut the power cord, dude. I don't know. It's whatever. My laptop, I had to go and buy like, oh, They must have like like opening your box by accident and they just shoved it back in or something. Like I think what it is is that they just routinely cut the power cord, but they were like, oh, fuck it, he wants it back. And basically gave me the broken power cord instead of giving me a new one. Uh, like, <laughs> I still have it. It's a lot, guys. It. If anyone is wondering, like, oh, is Peter lying? I still fucking have the piece of shit. I couldn't forget. <laughs> I literally had to drive across town to get that goddamn power. <laughs> uh, no, I had to drive like an hour because I, yeah, I lived at school at the time. It was like a pain in the balls. So whatever. Uh, I guess talking about kind of Steve Jobs, I've always had this kind of little bit less rosy perspective of the man as a business genius, right? And um, he famously was just an abusive person. He didn't admit, like he cheated on his wives endlessly, apparently. Uh, uh, he, he didn't admit his daughter existed basically for years. It didn't admit paternity for years and years and years. Uh, treated her like garbage, uh, treated employees like garbage. Like he was famous for, if you get in a, uh, into an elevator with him, you might lose your job basically by the time you were out of that elevator. Just, just for sadism, like no, no fucking reason. He'd make you justify your job. And if you couldn't justify it in an elevator pitch, basically randomly, you hopped in with Steve Jobs, he'd fucking fire you. Uh, he uh, constantly um, uh, parked in the handicapped spot in front of his freaking, uh, uh, in front of uh, Apple. And just like paid the fines all the time on it. Just, he was a fucking weirdo. <laughs> he never took baths. Like he thought uh. that his fruitarian diet, that's the best one for me. He thought that his fruitarian diet didn't make him smell to the point that the Apple PR wrote steve jobs a letter can you imagine oh my god event can you imagine but, that shit? yeah i can't imagine PR that person's like you i have to do what they wrote him a letter that he smells and needs to shower now i've had to tell, I've had to tell 
I'm not just talking about men that because like you'll get guys that like shipped out to you to work with you and you don't know who you're going to necessarily have. And I've had guys that show up with just bad hygiene. I'd be like, look, dude, no, we have to meet people. We have to be, we have to be, we have to be like, yeah, somewhat presentable. Like, you're like, like a you, surveyor in the jungle. In the, so what? So I, like, you can't be clean. You can't smell good. Like, you can't like, like, man, you can't like shower before it works like everybody else. Like, and you're like a titan of silicon industry and blah, 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 and such oh, and such. Gross. And Dirt merchant. So the Dirt guy was merchant. weird. That's what I'm trying to impart is he was really weird. Absolutely weird. And he was also apparently really good at coming up with or at least synergizing ideas because he basically didn't invent a goddamn thing. If you know, like any of the technology came from other people, Wozniak and everybody else. But he just kind of, we stole a lot of stuff from people. And so he would steal and amalgamate and whatever else and throw all that shit together and create things that people just like, oh my God, fucking take my money. But he was also a total shithead, right? Where was it going? Usually, you usually gotta be to push people and then to motivate it to move a team like that, you know? I don't know. You say you've gotta them. be. I don't think so, dude. I think they you, do. You're probably right. You don't have to be, but it's probably an easier stance than than being their friend and then 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 yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of stories of good positive leaders, and there's all these stories. No, that's true. That's true. I find guys I, I agree with you hundred percent. Well, a helper that I'm that I'm nice to uh is well is gonna does more for me will work harder mm-hmm. than a guy that i don't the second i leave him alone he won't he'll That's stop true. working right so like i've always been a my that mindset i've always treated my guys better so the person that you are fair with will usually be fair back to you as yeah. opposed to the person who you are unfair with will also be unfair back to you that's fucking fair i don't know why people and, and i find another thing is um is to just compliment your coworkers too like they where you see them working hard and do a good thing sweet ass well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I mean, if that's appropriate, if you... <laughs> perhaps it is. Well, what if you were strippers? What if you were both strippers and you'd say, girl, you have a sweet ass? And she'd be like, thank you. She would be. You'd have, yeah. you'd have to both be strippers, though, probably. Yeah. Nobody's paying for me to strip. <laughs> that's an interesting question. I that. How would you compliment your coworker? Oh, that bra looks great on you today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That one, I'm so thoughtful. <laughs> Thank you. I worked hard to find it. Uh, it's a rare. It's a collectible. Uh, what were we talking about uh, before we lost track of thought with uh, strippers? Uh, that's where the show always being a, being a kind boss, being or a liquor. decent, decent coworker. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was saying, I was saying, it's good to give people um, to 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 uh, most people only hear when they do something wrong. They only get a negative uh, pull down from the boss. They don't get to build up, and it helps a lot to build people up. Like American society, I think has kind of done that. I don't know about Canadian, but like I don't know. Maybe it's this whole like North American thing now. I don't know. Maybe it's worldwide shit uh, that you see a lot of this kind of negative, only negative incentives. People will get shit canned or yelled at or whatever. Yeah. Like something bad will happen if bad things happen, but there's never anything on the other side where they'll get praise, rewards, uh, 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 commissions, all that stuff has kind of just gotten eaten away. So now there's only negative incentives. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why people do it because like that's never been effective to me whenever I've like tried to trade a dog or anything else. The negative incentives just makes it fucking just if, oh, if, the bare minimum. If you, saw you, if you see your guy working hard and you freaking tell him, hey, dude, I saw you working hard today. You did a great job. You really did. You did, you did great, man. 
guess what? Tomorrow you're gonna see him do the same thing because he's like, yeah, I got noticed. Like, and then it, then it becomes an everyday thing. And, and now you gotta spray him with water when he's fucking up. He's not gonna want to work. <laughs> Probably not recommended. I mean? But it would be it would be effective if you wanted to get rid of him. You could spray them with water. Yeah, then you can get like then the HR department's contacting you. <laughs> problem it's not really the end of the story but again 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 with hr no 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 <laughs> yeah. oh man i i'm done i woke i did slept like shit and i was up really early well i guess ladies and gentlemen i guess it's a freaking early show uh thanks for hanging i don't know uh we'll be back tomorrow i don't know I check the guard on one more. Do? yeah i gotta check the guard one more time you know? I mean, honestly, it was a freaking hell of a show. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to disappoint because I know someone's going to be pissed off. They're going to be like, dang it, we just showed up. But sorry, guys, the show is good. Guess what? We're here tomorrow and we're here tomorrow, tomorrow. man. That's it. Yeah, tomorrow we'll hang again and we'll be here on Saturday. Do we have uh, not cemented in like blood or well, it's not going to be cemented in blood. That's weird. We're not going to have vampires. Uh, but it's not cemented in like stone. We'll call it. Okay, you wouldn't cement stone. That sounds stupid. It's not chiseled in stone yet, <laughs> but it's fairly sure we're going to have a pretty killer guest. So I'm not going to say what the name is, but it's thanks to Potent Ponics. It's going to be. Really? West Engine is going to be really, really pleased. Oh, I already know who it is. You might even I, already know. I got a pretty uh, good idea now. It might be a different person. It might be a different. That person is potentially coming the following week or oh. after that. So it's one of a couple options from Potent. Ooh. No, we have a couple of interesting options from Potent. So. Oh, wow. Very excited. Very yeah, yeah. excited. I think you will be pleased either way, honestly. I, I, I have no doubt will be. I'm all, I'll be. will either sing oh, or oh. It'll be very, like, it'll be almost the same. Oh. <laughs> it might even be that. It might even be, like, kind of like, oh, a little vibrato and whatever else. Um, Australian grown is like, oh, it's got to go do something now. Shit, I don't know. Uh, go play video games. Not with a PlayStation because um, I can't find them. Uh, maybe go look at your gardens hey everybody go and like anybody that's not going to bed like smash or go and like look at your gardens just spend five or ten minutes just looking at it just go and look at the garden and uh, I want everyone to just do this every day if they can go and look in the garden for five minutes just five minutes not with water in your hand not with scissors in your hand no task involved and just go and observe the garden for five or ten minutes. Start with five, give it a little bit longer if you can, and just observe it and see if that changes anything over time. Be honest, start today, try tomorrow. I'll try to remember to do tomorrow, and then we'll try to, to keep it up. Um, I think it's something that people just kind of forget. First of all, the enjoyment of just kind of hanging in that garden because that's kind of the stealth thing that you're going to get. Welcome, Nico. Cheers, dude. I'm sorry that we're actually taking off, dude. Uh, but also, I think that that state of observation is going to be really important. Uh, that's a nice looking plant. Yeah, it's just a little autoflower. Again, with that it smells like berries. Pot. You need a pot and bigger pots, man. You're going to have bigger freaking, bigger roots equals bigger fruits. The other autoflowers in there, I didn't train, and they are two feet plus. <laughs> Bigger pots, they'd be three feet plus. Per, I'm just fucking with you. Uh, although they might be actually. Uh, I had so. seven footers in the ground, man. Oh, yeah. Anyways, all this good. Yep. No, yeah, yeah, but I wasn't going for these little auto flowers. I'm not really going for huge. I'm just going for just that little extra. I wanted to see what I could get out of them. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, have one outside. Notice says, do or do not. There's no try. There's no why. Yeah. I don't know. I'm rhyming now. No why. Uh, I'm, I'm messing with him. He's, he's like, oh, this is limited. No, I, I found one gallon's work pretty good as long as you don't. Like chain, I don't you like. Try, honestly, try something different. Seriously, like I. I don't have room. Is not wrong. Even Miss Jill was like this, kind of little small. I don't have room. Well, that was literally what she said. Not for auto flowers. <laughs> That's small for auto flowers. I think. I think it's three minimum. One, ga- one gallons in my little little tent side corner. Works for me. Yeah. They don't need a lot of food either, at all. Dude, try it with a bigger one sometime and see what happens. Seriously. Oh, I know. I've done it in threes. I've done big autos. I just like doing just this. People are always shocked. They're shocked when they see how big these fucking, like, I am a little bit offended by little plants. Girl 420, he's like, dude, you nailed it a little bit. Like, I don't know why I'm offended at it, but like, cannabis is this plant that it's like a bird, dude. It wants to fucking fly. Like it's, it's all it weed colloquially because it colloquially I can't talk anymore because like well a bunch of different reasons because it grows like a weed it fucking grows like a goddamn weed yeah so when you see like little yeah you see like bonsais <laughs> I'm like no why so the same thing like every time I guess well, I'm not going to say who but uh, well breeder Steve he he uh, does the cannabis bonsai which actually now that I say so that do I give someone a cannabis bonsai as a present that's awesome and I'm sure you time, man, I look at it like oh, that plant it wanted to get so much bigger. I guess that's the that's what I wanted to express. No, if all right, so I'm definitely done training them because they like not being trained really. I've heard that. The other they ones I don't want to be fucked with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This one even I just did a little bit of like. I think I did. I don't even remember. Yeah, I pushed it to the side a little bit. I like I dipped it down one time. You know what I mean? LST'd it one time and it's little but the ones downstairs are one's the same strain one's different and i didn't do anything to them they're just growing good and they just started a flower i'll show them tomorrow way cool i want to well i ground up some herbs so i'm just gonna continue rolling it while we chat and uh leave the room but uh fuck it's been a fun show uh really good, dude, really good we didn't link her freaking page we said we we're gonna link her page and then we told oh, yeah. you and we didn't yeah it did oh thank god uh thank you gentlemen for remembering to uh remember some of the stuff that i forget you're welcome we're high remember we're doing a whole thing where we don't apologize for being high anymore but we're like you're freaking welcome man Got the point, ladies and All gentlemen. Right. These I'm guys are falling asleep here. Yeah, these guys are. Uh, cheers, dude. I guess you can leave the room while I freaking babble. Have a good night, everyone. Oh, by the way, Smash, do your shout out. We didn't even do that. Go for it, dude. Oh, um, shit. I don't even know if I want to tell people anymore. You know what oh, I mean? Break some fucking dingus will shut you down. Yeah, well, all right, whatever. So if you need to get a hold of me, Smash Cannabis 2.0 on Instagram now. It's like a new account. There's literally no one. I don't have any followers. There's like 50 maybe. And it's most of the people from here. Private so. account. Just make it a, that's what you can do. Just make it a private account. And then just let uh, certain people on there that you uh, appreciate and like. And basically no one are not going to report your account. And then no one can report your account when it's private. 
Can you do that? One of the many yeah. reasons I have a private account for our two and everything else. But yeah, so and I have a fuck cannabis. I gotta remember that because I got a cannabis and I, I like it. It's just a pain in the ass to download another app. So I use their mobile like yeah, it can be. Yeah, the advantage of cannabis is that the the I mean there's no getting around it. The inter- the interface is a bit more primitive. You know, Instagram has got billions of dollars of funding and everything else. It's just no getting around the fact that they have a smoother shop. But the experience is different in that at cannabis, you're not gonna get shut down, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's rough, you know, like I I I'm knocking on wood, nobody's shut me down. I think people have tried because I've gotten a bunch of weird reports. Thankfully, after I complained about it a couple of days ago, they stopped. So hopefully I didn't just jinx, jinx myself, but uh, yeah, I think it's pretty low, man. Thing. I think it's pretty low to report stuff like that. You know what I mean? If you don't like somebody, if you, don't like somebody, if you think that they're wrong in some way, in some life or something, you could tell them that. You could solve the problem maybe. Maybe it's not your business to solve a problem. Maybe not everything is yours to solve. You know what I mean? This is something people forget. You can dislike someone from a distance. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to solve everybody's fucking problems in their life. Like, if you think they're doing something wrong, you can just observe that and move on. You know what I mean? Like if they I don't affect you, if they don't affect you. This is something I think people often forget. And in the cannabis scene, there's a lot of stuff that has consequences for people in their lives and people don't realize that. And they think their petty little grudge is going to be fine. But I saw, for example, I didn't want to get into any of that stuff with Ms. Jill or with Subcool or anything, but I saw some petty shit. There was more than just that, but I saw that the petty shit turned into some real honest to God sadness with subcool and everything else, like honest to God. And that is heartbreaking to see over weed, over what should be a happy thing. And a, it's something that people smoke when they get together with friends and everything. Like it just, it, it, it should never be like that. And shit like your social media profiles, you should never have to worry about it getting shut down or this or that. Like that's, I mean, that's just anathema. I don't know how anybody could be cool with that. I don't know how I anybody don't could be cool with that. That's why like, some of the count for shit like that. You know what I mean? I just don't understand what triggered. Like, if they didn't, I didn't get warnings of a post being violated or anything. Didn't tell me what I violated. It, it well, just it said Instagram, so it could have been literally nothing. It could have been an auto violation from the auto mod, or it could be somebody going through your feed, and uh, they could have already basically taken down the post that was mm. uh, recorded. And you don't even know which post it was anymore. Uh, there's all kinds of weird glitches. That I, I wondered if it was because you had cannabis in your name. In your tag, yeah. Honestly, I wonder if that was all it was—just that you had smashed cannabis. I've never had it. Like it's one word, though. I make sure it's yeah, not yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually smashed cannabis because it's no separated. That's the delightful paranoia of it, though, because and delightful and being sarcastic because uh, you can very much chase your tail. And I saw a lot of that happen with some of the YouTube purges. Were actually, a couple times, I'm pretty sure there was not a, and I've seen this on like Facebook purges where I was in like gaming groups and stuff. Uh, there were all these, you know, random purges. And sometimes they probably were from people reporting accounts for beefs and whatever else. And sometimes it was probably just auto mods or, you know, Facebook or YouTube or somebody uh, changing their Instagram, changing their algorithms, whatever. But then you, you, you know that sometimes these are reports and it introduces this entire distrust in the entire scene. And this is the yeah. kind of thing that I think people don't realize how corrosive shit like that is. You know, like once that whole kind of culture is undone, I don't think you can can redo it. You know what I mean? And then the the downside is that the corporate shitheads win. 
You know what I mean? Like when all the cool people basically leave, this is the same thing with politics. Yep. That's why you only find shitheads in politics <laughs> because all the good people are too smart to be there. They've yeah. already left because they saw all the fucking shit be flown at the, flung at the walls. I feel like most politicians get in there trying to make things good better. See what, see what, uh, what a terrible machine they're up against. And then they're like, okay, well, what can I do for myself? And ends up being me. I think the good ones just basically leave. I don't even think that. I think that the, the, the ones that are willing to sell themselves are willing to sell themselves almost from the beginning. You know, I, don't, I don't think there's a moment where someone hands them an envelope. They're yeah, like, you're right. Really? No, I you're think right. They're almost willing to get them the cash from the beginning. But I think there's a lot of people who basically are in it for the right reasons and then say, fuck this shit. I just, I need to go yeah. with my family. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of them are narcissists, though, too. I think a lot That's, of politicians yeah, are narcissists. 100%. I think they're really power hungry, thirsty people, and they, 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 really want most of the best leaders i've ever seen were reluctant leaders and the thing was with the narcissists that's the opposite they are yeah. they think they are the leaders They're, regardless of what their actual skill is they assume that they have the skills that are required and that's the problem no you're right like most corporate ceos and stuff apparently narcissists and psychopaths and sociopaths and everything yeah sad whatever uh ladies and gentlemen we could talk about random shit forever and that's normally what we do but yeah, we're, uh, yeah. It's kind of normally what we do. People are tuning in. They're like, dude, we're, we're, we're just tuning in. Oh, not really. We're, we're ending early. I'll light the joint before we leave. Pardon me while I cough for a second. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for, uh, I guess I could look at the camera. <clears throat> Thank you for puffing with us. Uh, thank you for watching, uh, honestly, a conversation with a legendary grower. I've never had a chance, barely had a chance to talk to Ms. Jill one time, one time, one time at like a high times cup and I was new by so like i said i hope she didn't remember me because i was like what are these strains <laughs> uh i think i even asked him like subcool who was like a sativa guy i was like do you have any sativas i really like sativas and subcool being a nice guy didn't shit all over me you know actually people thought he was a total <laughs> jerk but he was like yeah so he actually went through the whole thing like i remember he was like super patient about it and probably actually brought up cherry gasm and everything else oh my goodness um how do I put this? After the hundredth time you've had to answer a question, you might call someone a fucktard. You know what I mean? But people think that you said that the first time that you were asked. Like, oh, he's a jerk. Maybe it's because they got asked a thousand times. Uh, whatever. We'll move on to something else. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for I said I was going to light this joint. Hold on. There we go. You'd light it again, I think. Thank you very much for hanging. We're going to be here again tomorrow, allegedly. Oh, I just uh, spoiled the surprise. Are we? It's too early for Weed and Whiskey Wednesday. We are probably going to do Weed and Whiskey Wednesday again in the middle of the month, but this one is just going to be the silent show, so we're just going to pretend I didn't say anything. But anyone tuning in right now who's like, oh, fuck, where are you guys going to be? We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, this Saturday, please, guys, uh, tune in to uh, Brews and Buds. This Thursday has escaped me completely because I feel like we had a good guest for the EO show coming. We always have a good show for the EO show, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't forget to tune in on Thursdays, as always. Uh, other than that, cheers, Jason. Thanks, my friend. Uh, birthday. Happy birthday, Jason. Happy birthday to anyone's uh, birthday today. Uh, you're joining Jason uh, on uh, a great day to have a birthday. This is, uh, well, still technically Ms. Jill interview day. So, Jason, awesome day to have a birthday. Cheers, dude. Uh, cheers, Captain Chirp. Chirp. Captain Chirp. Chirp. Captain Terp sitting with the birds chirping. Whatever, I'm fucking being stupid and silly. <laughs> uh, Dave Barton, Zooey, thanks for stopping by, Zooey and Slammer. Jay Allen, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Ian in the house, Australia's still hanging. Uh, cheers, everybody. 
Uh, until we meet again, be kind, be decent, be gentle. Don't be a freaking prick. Uh, don't be a douchebag. Grow better, my friends. Uh, try to grow better weed. Uh, try not to have a grudge against somebody. Instead, spend that time working positively and productively in your garden or maybe even on your computer or whatever, something productive that you're doing in your life, something that you enjoy. Put time into that as opposed to focusing on somebody that you dislike. Perhaps that person doesn't even really matter. When you when you dial into it, perhaps that person is not important in your life. Perhaps you could just forget about that grudge or that hatred or anything else. Maybe you can even, maybe if that person is a piece of shit, maybe just let him go. Just maybe. Or maybe if this fight tomorrow, we can figure that out uh, when we get there. Ladies and gentlemen, until we meet again, thanks for hanging. Have something wonderful and uh